There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Win. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of the Tim McGaither podcast. Um, if you're wondering why, if you've tried to find like episodes one through three, I think they're on YouTube. Um, <laughs> my recording uh, setup wasn't near as good then. Um, so even though it's episode eight, you, you can you can find those early ones if you dig deep enough. But uh, I think it, this is the third one I've done with John. John Sheezer, my new... Uh, my buddy, my comic friend, and my new uh, producer. And neighbor, in which that helped uh, this all come about, too. I mean, yeah. the location is, is key. And in L.A. to only be 10 minutes apart, I mean, yeah. that's I'm asking you for sugar if I'm out, maybe coming over. <laughs> Do you have any Crisco? We're trying to make biscuits the yeah, old-fashioned way. Come get yourself some biscuits like the Gaifa household. Uh, we'll hook you up, man. But, but it, yeah. it's, it's good, and like he was saying... Uh, you know, go if you want to dig up. I'll, you know what? Maybe I should try to. I'll try to find those, and maybe we can just throw in snippets of it. Of try to find what the old original three. Okay, yeah. It uh, we can edit those in, and they're pretty good. Ones with Justin Leon. One's just the beginning where I'm talking about starting a podcast and and all that, and it's about 15 minutes long. Um, but yeah, we can find them. No problem. We'll now Justin, Justin is. Uh, explain to the listener who Justin is, because he's in several of the other previous podcast which you guys can find they're on soundcloud and for you listening guys on itunes welcome you found it and it feels good to be listened to on from itunes and uh stitcher as well guys welcome to the show um listener is up i mean we hit our we hit we, we set a number we reached that number so thank you thank you for subscribing and sharing and uh look it's gonna happen this pitch is coming every week until the numbers continue to grow and uh yeah but with that being said justin leon is a big part of your comedy. Yeah, and a big part of my life. He's a comedian. Uh, he's one of my best friends in the world. Uh, we've been friends for, I've been doing comedy 18 years, and he's started about six months after me. So we've been friends since the beginning. Um, and we're definitely going to have him on now that we've got a new producer and that we're, we are going to do this every week. You know, I think that's, you know, that's key is consistency. So, uh, which is another benefit if you live in so close, I can just come over and and, and we can knock these out. And then it's like an appointment for me. I can't blow it off, you know, like near as easy as I can at my house. I'm like, eh, I can do that later. And before I know it, it's been a week and I haven't done shit, you know. So it's Oh, just, I'm the king of that. Like, wow. Well, it's is- just how it is, man. There's always, in this business, there's always something to do. Like, you wake up and you think about it. And before you go to bed, you're like, oh, I should have done that. Or I need to do this. And, and you can get split off in so many different angles you know like oh i need to make those prank calls oh i've got to book this oh i forgot to book that flight i've got to do that you know it's just i'm not complaining it's not like we're digging ditches but there's just always freaking something and now that we have this and we can do it every week um you know like i said it's, it's harder for me to get out of it you know like i'll blow i'll blow off anything if you <laughs> let believe me. me i'm definitely texting you on saturdays and sundays and yeah. throwing in the what do you think of this or what do you want to how does this sound for for a topic what's that buzzing do you hear that somebody else gonna hear that maybe it was outside maybe that was like in the air conditioner okay yeah Sorry we got the problem here 
is that the back entrance uh, to the uh, fire department is right across the street too. Okay. So a lot of times we'll get, you'll go, and it stops right here. And All then right. We, then they turn down the. So we I, get like ten fire trucks a day. I didn't. I didn't know if it was one of those things that only I could hear, or if everyone could hear it, and they're gonna be like, uh, "Hey, dude, that was a great episode. I bet." <laughs> yeah. Here, here, check it out. See what you All think. Right. I'm gonna hand you the headphones and. and Listeners at home, this is an on. This is a live as the show is rolling. Sound check. It's not too bad. No, it sounds it sounds good now. Okay. I just heard that. I think it was something on outside kicking on, and it freaked well, me we out a we bit. have uh, we have the luxury of having uh, the five forty five a.m. documented by myself. Two separate occasions, leaf blowers across the street. <laughs> Vons, Vons, our neighborhood grocer uh, across the street, decided to hire a landscaping crew, and there is. No fuck. There's no grass over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's a couple trees and concrete, and these guys bust out leaf blowers at five forty-five in the morning. Yeah, it was one Sunday. I went out, and I think I was just literally in my underwear, and I was so pissed off. <laughs> I, w- I walked out to the sidewalk and just and just looked up at the guy in the tree, and I was like, "It's six o'clock in the morning," <laughs> and that's all I said. And I went inside, and he quit. He quit doing what he was doing for a little while. He shut it down. Just yeah, he shut it down for a minute. And I think I think they probably had the orders like, okay, we're gonna do this, but as soon as someone complains, and I think a guy screaming at him in his underwear <laughs> was enough of a complaint. But uh, hey, man, I went to the comedy store last night, and uh, you talk about a love-hate relationship with a comedy club. I mean, sometimes I just love being on stage there, and how good it is for writing jokes, and how good it can be for like developing your uh, conversational tone, you know, because you have to kind of like disguise jokes at this club. The you comedy have to store be real. You have to just be you have to be very real with what you're saying. Yeah. And if you don't believe every word you're saying, they're definitely not buying it. Yes, the comedy store for people who don't know in LA is it's 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 a historical room and the 8433 ori- Sunset. Yes, sir. The original room is Probably the most difficult room in the country, or it can be. It is, and I've heard everybody say that. From anyone who knows it. I mean, I've, I've seen David Tell in there. I've seen David Tell in the main room, and, uh, and one night he was just going off. He was like, I will never go back in there. You were there that room? I, yeah, he was, oh, like, that was... he was like, that room is the fucking devil. <laughs> I won't so go true. back in there. Because they were, they were laughing their asses off in the main room. And the same exact thing he was doing in the original room was just getting him stared at. And some people think there's ghosts in there, and sometimes there it are. sure feels like it. And last night I did some brand new material, and I was 12th. On, on Mondays, the paid regulars can go, and they put their name in, and they, they draw them out. And uh, sometimes you get to go up early in the show, and it's awesome. And then sometimes you... Last night I got 12th. And 12th is one of those spots where you're like... Uh, the crowd could be good and you stick around because the crowd is good and then like one before you go up after you've waited all this time the crowd will disperse and all of a sudden it's like it's like a giant farted in the room and everyone's just like now, oh god we is it better it. than it used to when he says 12 uh the comedy store uh for the 44 years or however long it's been open now they just had their birthday um they run when you're a paid regular like Tim is, and Tim actually was one of the last handful of people, when I say handful, maybe one of the last five or six that were actually passed by Mitzi Shore, who's Polly Shore's mother, started the founded the comedy store with Sammy Shore 
Polly Shore's father, who was a comedian, opened up for Elvis on the road. Just had his, I think, 90th birthday yeah, he's at the comedy kicking. store. Great guy. Really nice guy. And then, uh, so it's the Shore family uh, business, but Mitzi being the god or queen Matriarch. Of, yeah, of comedy. Uh, yeah. You know, and Tim, uh, yeah, it was great. She just, you know, came in and you got passed. And then, so, the, but it's a baptism. People come to LA and they're like, they're doing good. They're on the road. I know you were headlining all over the place but before you moved to LA. Right. And then, so a lot of the times that people, these established comedians, they come to LA and now they're asked to not only go to the back of the line, in some cases it's like back, you have to go sign up for open mics and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, and it's very, uh, I've seen it humble a lot of people. It's pretty humbling and frustrating at the same time. Very. And so the 12, the number 12 spot where I was going with that was, you know, it's 15 minute spots for each comic. So, you're entering the third hour of a show, um, and people have been watching some of the biggest names in comedy touring the country. It's probably right like now. the fifth hour at that point because they've watched. Third, yeah. Usually the show it, started about five eight o'clock, and it's about one o'clock by the time okay, you get yeah. to twelve. And the club's comedy store is it's busier than ever, so you do have a rotating audience. So I'm assuming with that being the case that there's going to be more yeah. audience later at night. Um, but talk about having to be a good comedian. Following guys that are headlining, selling eighty dollars tickets or whatever, you know, packing shows all over the country. There's everyone's guys, you know, the biggest names. You know, you never know who's going to pop in there either. You could follow Chris Rock, you could follow Dave Attell, you could follow uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, but it, you know what though is cool about Kevin people? Hart was in there Sunday night. You know what's cool about people like Dave Chappelle is that guy knows he's going to be up there for an hour or two, and he'll just wait till the end. Of, he'll wait till two o'clock in the morning to go up because he's just he's just that dude he's still a comic you know i mean like he gets he gets it that he's not going to screw up everyone else's night i'm not going to mention names but there's some bigger names that'll come in they don't give a shit what time of the show it is how you know and they'll do an hour and you're just like you're thinking to yourself really an hour like (laughs) you don't have any respect for your fellow you know comics or why don't you just wait till later then everyone knows you're going to be there so the crowd stays but anyway, that's beside the point. Last night I went up and uh, and I had all this new stuff that I was like excited about and uh, like my brain since we started doing this podcast had just been going nuts with everything, just like shit I want to talk about and and it can get kind of it can overload you because as far as material goes, last night I had so much stuff in my head that I wanted to talk about and I wanted it to be a good crowd, but. I got that wave where the tide was going out instead of coming in, you know? And it was yes. just that crowd where I was like, are these jokes not as funny as I thought they were? Or is it just because you guys really suck now? And they did. And I was also doing some stuff about, like, Syria. And uh, then I had this thing I, I did about Mike Tyson. And all, all this stuff that I was, like, excited about. I thought it was really funny. And that room will just kick you in the balls sometimes, man. Uh, and, and the lights are so bright, you know, Mit- right that's another face. thing. Mitzi designed it. So like the lights at the comedy store are super bright. It's like a train coming at you and you can't see shit really. That's a really good way to describe it is. And, yeah. and the room is painted entirely black. Chairs entirely are black. black. Booths are black. Carpet, I think might even be black or red. Yeah. It's, but it's red and black ambiance everywhere. And then they have got these bright neon lights. That's Yakov Shmirnov, Gary Shandling. And all these legendary, you know, David Letterman, Richard Pryor, all these 
Roseanne, all the comedians. So those are yeah. on, then they kill those, and the show starts. So you walk in, and you're already surrounded by the biggest names in comedy history, mm-hmm. setting the bar, and you know already at that level. And besides that, listeners, this is the only club I've ever performed in where there's a very convenient 15 by 5 foot plate glass window uh, directly to the left of the stage, which does allow the audience to just look directly yeah. out onto Sunset out Boulevard. Out onto Sunset Boulevard. To view arrests, ambulances. Not to mention there's a do- there's no door on the actual back of the club. You know what I mean? So like you can hear everyone in the hallway if there's a bunch of people in the hallway and it's loud <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you're like a low-key guy and it's, you know, people are, there's a fight in the hallway or something. You know, they're not listening to your cleverly written joke. They're like, who's fighting out there? <laughs> which <laughs> which it, happens a fair amount. It, at the, man, at I've broken up fights between comics and audience members in that room before and for good reason. The audience members deserved a beating and they, they kind of got one, but... Uh, Comedians can fight. Some of us. Some of us are scrappy. Not not all of us. But in which I'm glad you mentioned this. This is why, like, let's say you're in Dayton, Ohio, or uh, Pennsylvania, somewhere on the road, and you know, there's always that first show, or maybe it's the Sunday show. Let's like, let's say there's 50 people there, right? And after the show, everyone's apologizing for the small crowd, and you're sitting there like, "What are you talking about? There's 50 people that were all listening, having a great time. That was awesome." Yeah, and because as a comic, we're up against all this other late night antics, fights in the back, just all these distractions when we're on stage. So when we actually get out into the country where there's audiences that are looking forward to going out to see a comedy show, and they yeah. got it on the calendar for a couple of weeks, it's a great, it, it's awesome for us. It's not to say it's a walk in the park, but it's it's sometimes a lot more enjoyable. It's a lot more fun, man, being on the road and in the Midwest and and Ohio, Arizona, and. Texas are probably my three favorite states, and 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 Missouri and Kansas City. Not just because I'm getting ready to go there, but because uh, it's my hometown. And and the Midwest is just awesome. The whole country is really. It, it's funny. I was talking about it last night to someone. I was like, you know, this is the only room in the country where certain shit doesn't work. Like, cause I've done comedy. In 42 states and three countries. And I'm like, these jokes always work. Unless I'm in the comedy store in the original room, and then they might kill, or you might get stared at like you're selling freaking insurance. I mean, <laughs> and you just never know there. It is so... And that's what I mean by disguising jokes. Like, it teaches you how to uh, talk to the crowd and slip in your jokes, but make it sound like you just thought of that off the top of your head. And you, you can't help but get better in that kind of environment. I mean, I've been in there before, and literally, you know, you go up late enough, there can be two two dudes up front, and they're not sitting together. And they're not from America. <laughs> and they might not be from America. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually the case with the late night. Where are you from? Uh, Italy. Okay. How much English do you speak? Okay, a little. Okay, good. Speaking of that, we were going to open with a prank call. I used to do the first time... Uh, uh, I I started telling this story the other night at the comedy store because there was an Australian guy up front about how when I was in college, uh, we went on spring break and I I did an Australian accent and and I did pretty well with the ladies and uh, and and then like we got drunk and like the next morning like the whole time you were out dude I did it for like uh, most of the week but um, this when I figured out that girls liked it you know. Um, where was I going with this story? Oh, the next morning when we when we woke up, uh, you know, 
hungover and all that, I'm like trying to keep up this charade, you know, <laughs> and it's hard to do when you're like hungover and, and the fun is over, and, but I needed a ride home and I'm like, my accent was like going in and out and I'm like, 10 left here, <laughs> you know, and they're like, your accent doesn't sound as, as, as much as, what happened to your accent? I'm like, just get me home, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was nailing it the night before and then the, then the next day I'm like, just the worst. Fucking Plus, you add eight beers into it. Everyone sounds Australian anyway. If you try, have you ever been around somebody who, uh, my little brother? If you're listening, I love you. But man, when you start doing that Indian accent, he will just go and go and go. And I'm like, stop it! You're not nailing that accent. <laughs> you're abusing the shit out of it. Last night, I was gonna go up and just and just uh, just gonna speak like an Irish guy. For, the first uh, 15 minutes, and I was going to pull it off as long as I possibly could. That's what I was going to do. That was my goal, and, uh, but I didn't end up. That was good. I, I really felt like you were getting ready to sell sheep pelts <laughs> to somebody. Well, we went one. to Ireland a couple of years ago. That and was I, great. That I, was really good. I guess I do it all right because I was talking to the uh, waitress in that voice the whole time, and then I got tired of it and started talking in my normal voice, and she was like, uh, what happened to your accent? And I was like, oh, I'm from America. I was just dicking around. And she's like, well, you do it very well. I had no idea. And I was like, all right, well, if I fool the waitress <laughs> yeah, who's actually the, from there. That's great. Uh, so have you always done, has that always been in the arsenal, is it impressions? or? Yes, the first thing I ever did to make my brother and sister laugh, uh, there's this old movie called Oliver, Tw- Oliver Twist. Okay, yeah. You familiar with that? Well, there was a scene where Oliver uh, goes up to get um, a second bowl of porridge from this. He's at this orphanage, and the guy goes, uh, the guy's this big intimidating dude's looking down at him, and, and Oliver goes, please, sir, I want some more. And the boy's like, the guy's like, what did you say? And he's like, I want some more. <laughs> and I kind of looked like him, I guess, when I was a little kid. And my brother and sister would just make me do that. Oh, do it again, Timmy, do it again. <laughs> so that's when I realized, like, I can do, I can, and then I realized I could mimic people pretty well. Um, so I've done that my whole life. And that's where I would, when I was growing up, I was kind of shy, but I would wait for my opportunities. I remember when I was in college, um, they, they, like, as a, um, gosh, what's it called when they, Hazing as a form of hazing, uh, all these older wrestlers came around and they—that's they what pull- they used to do, kids. Whenever you got to college, they yeah. would haze you. They pulled me and my friend Scott out of the, uh, and they had like this paddle, and all these wrestlers held you down, and some they paddled you and shit. It was freaking horrible. But, but after you got paddled, then you got to go help them paddle somebody else. So it was, <laughs> it was kind of fun. <laughs> but uh, there was this English guy named Lee Walford. And uh, he was in charge of the dorms, and we went up there to get the get some people out of the dorms. And uh, and I remember we were walking, and, and he wouldn't let us get these people. He was in charge of the dorms, and he was like, "I'm just doing me fucking job." And uh, and on the way back to uh, to wherever we were so going, wait, wait, wait. you guys were trying to go paddle people, and this guy was preventing you from yeah. coming into the dorms. He was like a, he was like 190 pounder, so he was a big dude. And he was from England, and he was in charge of the dorms. And he was just like, "I'm not gonna let you fucking paddle them. I'm not gonna let you do it. And just not." And he was just adamant about it. And on the way, on the walk back, 
I was like, he's just doing his fucking job, guys. And that was like the first thing I'd ever said to like the group of wrestlers, you know. And then they all started laughing and then they were all, you know, then they were like, keep doing Lee, you know. So so that was how I got in with my college Comedy's teammates. Yeah, the best, yeah. best entryway. Because I good. didn't know it's any good. of these guys. They're all from cities I didn't know and states and, you know, and we're all trying to kick each other's ass all the time. And, and I was able to make them laugh just by doing that quick impersonation. And then from the start, they were like, oh, Gaither's funny. So then I would pop off whenever I got an opportunity. But I'm rambling like hell. Um, I've always been able to do voices, and that's why I've been, I did these prank calls. I've literally got hours of these recorded, and we've never really done anything with them. We animated a couple, which turned out really great, and I'd like to do more. It's kind of expensive, but I would love to do more. Um, well, I'll tell you what. We can... We'll... On Twim's, uh, I'm sorry, on Tim's Twitter <laughs> at Gaither Tim G A I T H E R T I M, um, he will put out. I'll make you tweet out the link to the video, so okay. that, that way the listener, if you want to go to Tim's Twitter, uh, scroll back on his time feed, there'll be a link to the video. Because how many did you have animated? Was it the one? Uh, we've had two animated, I think. Uh, is it just two? Yeah, two animated. Um, and like I said, it's kind of expensive. And the, the trick with animation is, like some of these calls are three to five minutes, but every minute is like a hundred bucks. So you don't want to have a five minute call because if you do 10 of those, what's that, five freaking thousand dollars? I mean, it gets of... expensive in a hurry. So those you have to like cons- make sure to get to a minute, which is kind of tricky with a prank call. You know, that's not a very long, some of these are super long. Um, I think the one we're going to play yeah, we can play it right now. Well, yeah, and listen, so we Tim's archived years of funny, hard work, and so we're going to actually introduce some of these calls into the show um, starting this week, uh, which... This one is, this one's called, um, whoops, what's going on there? What, what do you got here, some like techno music going here? No, man, that's, it's, it's hooked into my iTunes. This is the call, it's called Mac... Fertility partners, Maria. How may I help you? Hi, Maria. I I have a question. I like to donate my sperm. I um I am very uh I, I I'm very good at it. I I have ten kids, and I cannot afford them. I need money, and I want to know how much to um how how much do you pay? No, you need to go to the cryo bank. We don't do that here. I don't. I because I have already um masturbated into a cup and I want to bring to you we don't do that here you would need to go to cryobank do I just take the sperm that I've already put in the cup and bring it to there to cryobank not to us okay but the sperm that I have this will be good or do I need a fresh batch of sperm well it's not good until 40 it's only good for 45 minutes out of um... <laughs> so if I don't get it there in 45 minutes I have to yolk into a cup again correct and it's usually, I mean, within 45 minutes. Is, you would need to contact Cryobank. Is there a specific kind of cup? Because right now I just have it in um, my uh, cup that my wife gave me for soup. Is no, it has to be in a sterile container. Okay, well, she watched it before she gave it to me. No, it still needs to be in a sterile container. Okay, how, wha, wha, how do you sterilize for to put the sperm in there? You need to go to a pharmacy and buy a sterile container. Oh, that's more money. Do you know how much you can get for your sperm? For the, 
because I think I would make someone a, a beautiful baby. All my kids are very attractive. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. But if you call the cryobank, just um, look up on the website, cryobank. Cryobank? Mm -hmm. why, and why you can call them C-R-Y-O. Why is it called cryo? What does this mean? I don't know. That's the name of the... You don't know what cryo means? Is for short for something? No, it's just the name of the bank, Cryo Bank. Do you have kids, Maria? I do. How many do you have? Two. Two. And uh, did you get someone to donate their sperm for you? No, no. Okay. So with husband, you have husband? Correct. Because you sound very pretty. You sound like a lucky man. Mm -hmm, thank you. You're welcome. Um. So I call the cryobank and, yes, they, please. and they tell mm -hmm. me to work in Correct. Talk and then give to them. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a good day. Bye-bye. So, the, what, <laughs> I forgot about that one, dude. That I, one, that's fantastic. It's, so, do you just... Well, I've got a ton of them, so I fucking, I almost want to do another one. Just, yeah, we can. Well, let's talk about. The, I want to break that one down okay. first, just All to right. give a little piece and cues. Why? How did you? Are you just like we're going straight for the, the playing dumb on the masturbation bank? Because like that just seems like a, a great <laughs> opener. I mean, that was great. Yeah, back back and forth. I'll play ten the, kids. Do you have kids? You got. I mean, well, and the trick is to be nice about it. You know, like you don't want to be too much of a jackass because then they know. You know, you want to you want to be right on that line of is this a freaking joke? And then you insert little stuff like, you know, just to make yourself more like, I don't know, seem like a normal person. And, you, and, you sound very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> like that. That yeah. Do, you, do you have kids? You know, and then they're just like, <laughs> you know, and then they're like, yes, I do. Because everyone wants to talk about their kid. Um, okay. Can we get Irish guy arguing with Mexican guy over chicken and beef tacos? We could probably, we could pull off anything, buddy. I've got one on there where I've, I, I, I like to prank uh, telemarketers, and the other day I found one. Some of them are just, I feel like they're too long, but I guess people would probably want to listen to it. That's what podcasts are for. Yeah, exactly. Some of them are like five minutes long, but one day I just was like, fuck it, I'm going to do like three different characters, and I'm like, oh, she ain't here right now. Hang on, you know, and I would go get, I would go get, uh, hey, man, she wants to talk to you. You said yesterday you were supposed to talk to this woman, and now she's calling you back, so get your ass over here. And they'd be like, hello, who's this? <laughs> you know, and, and people arguing in the background, and oh, you gonna need to talk to my grandma about that, and and get her on the phone, and uh, so I do, I do Granny G. That's that's one of my characters. That's old lady, and then uh, Lonnie Waffles is one of my favorite characters. We are gonna play a a, a a prank call at the end where I call a sperm bank, and I tell them I'm six two, I'm an athlete, and I want to donate a healthy athlete baby to some lucky baby lucky <laughs> lucky baby wanting baby mama uh like this anyway yeah well, this is good fun, right? I, like we'll continue uh to put these in the show and then i i kind of would like to get to where we just cold call start like right on live on the show that's we, the idea that's what we should do it doesn't you know yeah. we'll, listeners we'll get to that give us time we're not just jumping right in right now we're still filling out what we like in the show and and what's going to work and what's feasible and, and all that shit and we you know we want it to be the best show possible but yeah i definitely want to do more of these prank calls and i've got enough and now with soundcloud i'm just going to make i'm just going to put out an album i mean what's it take to make an album 30 45 minutes i could do that with 80s. yeah yeah that's and it's free and uh 
you know, for you guys. So it's kind of a, you know, and it's fun for us, especially doing it with somebody. I try to do it at my house sometimes. Um, and I like to prank the telemarketers because they can't hang up on you. Um, like last night they called and I was, I did, uh, the Virgil Earl character. I was like, uh, I was like, first off, this is a Christian household. Uh, any decent Christian is eating dinner at seven o'clock. You damn heathen. And second off, uh, you know, just shit like that. And just keep going with them. You can keep telemarketers on the phone for... That's why some of them are so freaking long. That's why I'm like... If you oh. can ever spin it to make it about them, that's a real hard to do. Like, just, where, where, where are you guys calling from? North yeah. Carolina? I've never been to North Carolina. What's it like over there? I imagine yeah. that's a beautiful state. Yeah, and now with technology, man, you can call... You can just pull up on your computer. Okay, let's call Alabama Sperm Bank, you know. And, and then you know... I called, we called one, uh, we called one uh, bar and uh, I was trying to get them to, to, to stay, to like have a party to stage an intervention for my friend. I was like, we want to have an intervention. And, and, you know, and they're like, do you think it's a good idea to have an intervention at a bar? And I'm like, (laughs) well, we don't have a problem. Why should we not drink? I think I did that one in my normal voice, but, and, and we called up some, uh, Gosh, what else do we have on here? Um, these are so funny. I want to show. I want to play them all today, but we're gonna we're gonna play you guys like like two on every every episode. I think I've got Lonnie calls a sperm bank. We're gonna do that one. Um, Mexican wife storage. That's one of the ones that I uh, animated. Um, farts and weed. I don't know what that. <laughs> That's a new one. I don't know what that one is. Dump the buffalo. Let's play this one real quick. Wait, hold on one second. Because I have no idea what no, this I'm, one is. No, you know what I said. Screw it. We got. We're gonna. We're calling the sperm bank right now. You got that? That's the sperm bank waiting for you. You're calling one right now. Yep. This is live. Yep. All right, let's do it. What character should I do? Whatever one you want. If they answer. only it's mrs alabama like you said so it's only 3 30. alex i'm currently in the office stay on the line to leave a message after the tone when you have finished recording hang up or press the pound key for further options no that was a bus i'm going back i'm gonna let's see alabama alabama fertility nation you know, it's fun to, you know, I think it's illegal in California to call freaking, to prank people in California, but some of these LA people get so pissy. <laughs> I called one, and I, when I do the Lonnie Waffle sperm bank that we're going to play at the end, uh, after I called him back, my manager at the time wanted me to get permission from these people to do the prank calls, and I'm like, dude, that guy was a dick. He is not going to give us permission. And he was like, no, I think he will. You can be, you know, just be charming. And so I called this guy back and I'm like, hey, buddy, I just called and I pretended to be a black guy. And he's like, well, let me stop you right there, sir. I do not hear race. And I'm like, well, you're full of shit. Anybody can talk on the phone to a black guy and hear that it's a black guy. And that doesn't make you racist to know that, you stupid dick. 
that's what <laughs> that's what drives me nuts about people these days. They're like, "That's racist." I'm like, "No, that's an observation. It's a description. That's a description. That's yeah. you know." It's happened. To, like people have thought I like I showed up to a commercial shoot one time and they were like, "Oh, we thought, we thought you were a black guy because like, they just had six three like two oh five and then they'd heard they'd heard my voice on the voice message and I was supposed to do a, a a show one time for an NFL team and they found out I was white and they fired me like I got hired because of a recommendation and they're like yeah we want a black guy yeah, yeah that makes sense <laughs> it's so funny though like you can do that shit on the other foot yeah. <laughs> you know like, like oh hey we didn't realize you're black we're gonna need you to leave <laughs> be like um yeah I'm gonna call the news what I'm about to do <laughs> we got an issue well, you're a white guy they're like yeah and what get out <laughs> well you know who else is gonna have a problem the Art Fertility Program of Alabama, because we're calling them right now. Who are we calling? Oh, Fertility. All right, let's do it. Call these motherfuckers. I don't think you should call them motherfuckers, John. You don't even know them. I think we have a clean rating on iTunes, by the way. How may I help you? Uh, Yes, who do I speak to about donating some sperm? Um, we don't, we don't do that here. I where I need to go to donate that? Um, I guess you would just have to go online and look and see if there's any places to donate. Alright, Dan, you want me to go online and look at like, look at like you porn or something and you go off into a cup? <laughs> and then send that to y'all, is that what you mean? Because I've been no, waiting for like three days, I mean, I'm backed up, girl, so let's do this. Sir, w- sir we don't do that here. Well, where We're I need to go? We're not a bank. I, I honestly can't tell you. I can give you the main number to our hospital, and they might could refer you to someone, but I, I like, don't know I like, anyone. I like your voice, girl. You, I, I don't know it's because I'm backed up, but you just sound fine as uh, hell. I'm sorry, sir. I'm going to have to hang up. Thank it's you, okay. Hey, no, no. Oh, shit. Well, see, I think, I think you, took it, you took it a little too far, and so you went with the... Well, that's the thing, man. I was totally on the spot. I didn't even know what character to do, and I probably wouldn't have done that one. Um, I was just sitting here staring at Lonnie Calls a Sperm Bank. <laughs> and then I called... And then, no, I'm sorry, that was a fertility program of Alabama, which good for you, Alabama. You guys have a program for fertility. I... Let's call another place, and I'll, I'll speak like in okay. Irish. We're like going to go... I'm Sometimes go. it's hard when you get into voices, then you forget and you go into another voice, and it's weird. You know? I'm just gonna pick up. Um, let's see. I'm not gonna tell you what what I'm calling until right before, right until it's ringing. So let's see here. Are we doing like guerrilla warfare prank calls? No, I'm gonna go. <laughs> we are going to. All right, here we go, listeners. We're bowling alley in Newport, Kentucky. The bowling alley. All mm-hmm. right, shit. Go. Okay. Sorry, speaking. I may help you. Hello. I was there bowling last night, and uh, this morning I woke up and me fingers. The okay. Give me just a second. Let me transfer you over to our manager. Oh, See, that's not the voice I was even going to do, but now I get a chance. I get like a repeat because now she's calling someone else. Hi, you've reached Kent Mahan, general manager of Access Alley and Redondo Please leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. Call me back. I have a question about whether or not you sanitize your balls. See, that's childish and fun. 
I will. I was gonna call. You know what? So look, and now I see why you why why you have to pre-record. Now I see why you have to pre-record some of these things because people just they're not willing to play or. <laughs> yeah, you have to because otherwise you spend a lot of well, time. Let's go back to the first one though. She, you got a big laugh. I mean, you you really killed it right off the top, like. Oh, from the lady. Yeah, from the yeah. Uh, sperm planning organization, fertility planning. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a, it's a. Whenever you make prank calls, I mean. That, that's the problem with doing them live is that uh, sometimes you can keep them on there forever, and that's not funny. Uh, after a while, it becomes not funny, and you never know who you're going to be dealing with. You never know how many answering machines you're going to get. You never know. Um, you know, it, sometimes it can just it, you can you can do a prank calls for two hours sometimes and only get three minutes, but hopefully that three minutes is really freaking got good. that goal. Yeah. Well, you want to you want to roll with the the classic, or do you want to save it to the end, or what do you think? Uh, we we can we can save it to the end. I've okay. got a, I've got a ton of them on here, and and I'm gonna go through and find out which ones are the longest, and some of them are like five minutes long. Um, when I do that, when I do that old lady character, I kept a lady on there uh, for like I don't know ten minutes talking about how I wanted a hot tub put in so I get a man over there. You'd be surprised what you can get away with when you. They're talking like an old lady. I was talking about diddling myself and watching bodybuilders and getting getting randy. And, oh. <laughs> she thought that was, shit was hilarious. But if you called up to some dude, I like to watch female bodybuilders and, and get at myself, they'd be like, okay. Like, <laughs> they'd hang up. But when an old lady does it. That's they, a bit creepy. Yeah, people uh, think it's funny. Well, you, so you bumped into a uh, UFC power house legend slash legend last night at the comedy store nick diaz yeah he's like a freaking you know i love uh, combat sports and i and i watch so much wrestling that i'm not completely uh you know i don't know all the ufc stars but I, i i know that name i know nick diaz and and someone pointed out that he was there and and i i went back um backstage the comedy store hangout. Like, there, there's what like you... a, what they they have a they have a front patio where there's an open bar and people you know walk in off the street. It's open air. It's actually my favorite bar spot in on the Sunset Strip because it's one of the few where you just at the bar standing on the strip. It's outdoors. It's yeah, you know, it's pretty it's, cool. It's cool. And so they they have a similar version to that, but for comics only and like comedians friends. It's in the back of the club that you can only get to by way of walking through the service bar and doing the classic. Vince Vaughn, Hollywood, you know, walk through and high five the, the the wait staff and then say what's up to the guy cooking the the chicken fingers and you know yeah. make your way on back. So it's it's not like no one can be there, but if you're out there, you've been in the club for a while. Yeah, yeah, and it always smells like a Cypress Hill concert. It does because there's so much weed going weed going all the time. Um, it's it smells like an old frat house or something. It's just. Um, it's just full of weed and, and stories and you always meet somebody and And, and it's funny lately I've been trying to have like a, a more positive, grateful attitude. And it's funny the things that come to you and the, the opportunities and just whatever. Like last night I came out of the, I came off stage and you know, like I said earlier, it was one of those shows where, um, I didn't have a ton of fun and I, you know, my new jokes, I left feeling like, God, are those funny? Or was that just that audience or... You know, I mean, it wasn't much of an audience anyway. It was like by the time I went up there, it was like a really bad AA meeting or something. There was like, you know, six people and they're all spread out, 12 people. 
Um, and like I said, right before I went up, it was like promising. There's like, oh, there's a lot of people up here. And then that guy got done, and then they all fucking left. And I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> you know? Seen it once, seen it a hundred times. Yeah, so I went up and had a very, you know, lackluster set and and was ready to, I came off stage and, and threw my drink in the trash and got in my car, and I was ready to leave, and I saw your buddy Eric Marino. And I was like, you know what? There's no reason to be pissy about this it's the comedy store it's the or it's one o'clock in the morning you know you you got out a few lines that did get what they were supposed to get it wasn't a total wash you know don't be pissed off go say hi to eric marino and change your attitude and i did i got out of my car and i talked to marino for a second and then i went back you know back in the you know where the regulars get their bar or whatever and nick diaz was back there and i was wearing a usa wrestling shirt so um eventually he just he started talking to me he's like i like your shirt and we started talking and uh yeah he's a good dude it's it's funny how uh normal some people are it's cool how normal some people are you know i mean that guy somebody described him last night as like the michael jordan of the ufc or something and i'm not down enough on that shit to know if that's true a true assessment but uh i know that he's a freaking stud and uh several time like what world champion and See, I, I can't even clarify that, and I just know that he's been in a lot of UFCs. I've seen his face and his brother's face yeah. on a lot of billboards. Yeah, he's one of the faces of nine and one seventy-two and two hundred next to them. Yeah, you know, a big name in the sport. One of maybe like the Manning family version. Yeah, last night he told me. Up. Last night he told me the most weight he's probably cut in a twenty-four hour period is about twenty pounds. And I'm like, that's a lot of weight to 20 cut. Twenty pounds. Yeah, and it's possible, but that's. That's a hell of a pull for in, in, in one night. In high school, I lost, that's why I ended up quitting my sophomore year, part of it. I lost 27 pounds in five weeks, and that almost killed me. I lost 11 in five days, and that almost killed me. Um, I mean, it was bad. It was so stupid. I, I went through this for when I was trying to get down to uh, 135 from 162. For the last five days, I was still 11 and a half over. Every morning, I would get up and eat a bowl of total cereal and then I wouldn't eat or drink in this was 15 I was really stupid I didn't have anybody looking out for me um I would go all day long without eating or drinking then I would go to wrestling practice and then I would come home and I would have a glass of ice water for dinner that's what I that's that was my dinner and I got up and I would have a bowl of total cereal and I repeated it every day for five days and going to practice every night I mean I was about to fucking die and when you're 15 you're just stupid and you're like Suck it up, being a pussy, you'll be all right. And long story short, I never, it, it, um, it, it damn near killed me. And so I can't even imagine 20 pounds in, in, in 24 hours. But it's possible, man. You get in those saunas and you put on suit plastics, and there's no real rules, I don't think, in the UFC, however you can get the weight off. And again, I'm saying that without even knowing. I have no idea, but I don't think team, there is. You have a team of people that say, hey, by the way, we're getting $5 million if we can lose three more pounds. Yeah. Uh, in college, I was reading this Dan Gable book recently, and, and they were talking about the weight cuts they used to make, and they finally changed those rules because when I was in college, there was no, like... We used, we had this thing in, in college called a hot box where it was just like an igloo with, like aluminum on the inside and all these lights that were going and you just sit in there with three or four dudes just sweating your ass off and you'd have like a credit card so you know just kind of keep wiping it away so disgusting now that i think about it pounds and pounds, and pounds <laughs> of sweat gathering. yeah i don't know why wrestling's not more popular no so, 
do you think was well, he the reason that you didn't the fact that you didn't really know that much about that's probably actually appealing to someone that come in and everyone's probably kissing that guy's ass for many reasons one he's a celebrity and two he can just you can maul everybody in that building <laughs> yeah <laughs> at yeah, any yeah. point if he wants to you know so it and i've uh, I've never met the, in passing met Nate Diaz, and but I've I've heard him on other people's podcasts, and I've heard that they're just they're awesome guys. Yeah, and they actually are at the comedy store all the time now. Oh, actually. really? Like they're they're Nate. Yeah. Well, and the guy, and you know, I wanted to get a I picture. See the pictures on Instagram. I wanted to get a picture with him, and I couldn't find my phone, and and uh, he was like, "Here, well, I'll just take one with mine, and I'll send it to you." So, I mean. The guy sent me his cell phone number, which obviously I'm not going to call him every day and be like, hey, buddy, remember, we're friends now. <laughs> but my point is, he's pretty damn down to earth if he's as big as he is in the UFC and he's still given basically a stranger. I mean, we had like a 30-minute conversation. But basically a stranger, his number, you know, he, I could be some nut job who calls him every freaking day. You know, That's the power of know. comedy and the comedy store. Yeah. Because even in his mind, as crazy as it is, he, he feels like he's on a your turf in the sense that he's like man i'm hanging out with all these comics and like i always wanted to do comedy That's, yeah i suppose there might be a sense of that there, there definitely is I've, i found that with musicians that are in bands that tour all over the world and headlining festivals with fifteen thousand people yeah and, and there's they're such big com- like all we listen to is comedy podcast and we oh i really want to do comedy sometime how do you do it i'm like how do you do it you're you just perform in front of twenty thousand people in Honolulu last weekend, you know, or where, you know. Yeah. And it, but musicians, I've found a lot of times are more scared to even think about being on stage or performing solo. Yeah. And this is my one friend in particular. He's saying um, the guitar for him is absorbs all that. So he's like, as long as I'm behind my guitar, I really that that helps cut into that fear of realizing how many people are out there not feeling quite as vulnerable because of his abilities with the guitar. Yeah. He's like, I can always play my way out of an awkward, you know. Yeah, with a, you know, I that that's a lucky thing about people people in uh, in bands is that even if the crowd is shitty, you know, just keep playing. But I did talk to a musician the other night who was like, "Oh man, I can we it, you're right in that we do have uh, we can keep playing and we have an instrument and all that, but you can definitely feel it and and it pisses us off too." when crowds are rude and they're clearly like not even really listening to us and we're just kind of a jukebox to them, you know, he was like, it definitely makes a difference in how you play and all that. And we're going to get my uh, cousin AJ on here who has the one man band and, and get his uh, opinion on all that. We probably should have called his ass today, but um, we'll get him on here next week or, or sometime soon. Um, and I wasn't trying to brag about having Nick Diaz's phone number, but it was, it was just an illustration to me of how like, down to earth he was and, and and is and you know and the fact that he can kick everyone's ass in there but he was still, <laughs> He's still he was still cool yeah it's like i gotta behave so i can come back here <laughs> and yeah. and that in in true badasses like that guy never go around you know sticking their chest out or talking like acting like you know because everyone knows and even if they don't if the opportunity arises, they'll just kick their ass <laughs> if they have to. And you can see it in their face. If you ever yeah. look at a UFC's UFC fighter outside of the the arena in street clothes, you, their faces yeah stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, they've taken thousands of punches to them, and they're yeah. We were pretty close last night, and I could and you know how bright it is in that back room, and I could see all the scars under his eyes and like you know his nose, just all that you know. And it's like man, this guy he's earned every dollar that yeah. he's made. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I had a friend 
who was trying to tell me I should get in years ago, not now, but uh, that I should get into that. Um, and I was like, dude, I don't like people punching me in the face <laughs> at all. Like, yeah, I mean, I just, I have a real aversion to it. <laughs> and I could never hit anyone else in the face either. Like when I was a kid, if I got in a fight or something, I, could, I would wrestle them down or maybe punch them in the body or something. But something about hitting them in the face, I could never do. Now, my brother had no freaking problem hitting anybody in the face, including me. Um, <laughs> That's probably where he got a lot of his practice in. But. Yeah, um, but something about hitting somebody in the face to me, just that that sound it makes, um, unless I had you down in a headlock, and then for some reason I didn't mind uh, punching the face. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it came to that. But uh, I think I was like, I don't know how old I was before I actually hit somebody in the face. I just To me, that always felt like the most off thing you could do. But, no, you're um, right. One time I punched my brother in the face on, intentionally, and I think that was the only time I ever did it. I, after, immediately after I hit him, we were probably 10, I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. That's that's the left. I just went over the line. Yeah. You know, he's, he's hurt real bad now. Well, and we had a dad who uh, kind of encouraged it. Like, I remember one time there was this big house in Olathe, Kansas, that we used to all go play, like, capture the flag and all this other kind of shit. And we were we were... My brother had gotten into an argument with some kid. Bert Grigsby was his name. Sorry, Bert. Um, and we were driving away, and this kid was in eighth grade, and I was in fourth, and my brother was sixth in sixth grade. And my brother was like, he just flipped us off. And my dad was like, who did? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, drove us back, and, uh, and we both got out, like a couple of, you know, trained freaking dogs or something trying to impress our stupid dad and <laughs> I like threw this kid down in a headlock or whatever and then I got off him that's and not then, bad for, for fourth on eighth grader yeah and then my brother just beat the shit out of this kid I still remember that sick noise that, that punching someone in the face makes that <laughs> it's just a sickening like those UFC things where like the greatest hits where they like they show people getting held down and just pounded in the face Call me a wuss, but I don't want to see that shit. I'm like, all right, I get it. <laughs> he's out. He, he yeah, he's, he's out, yes. Yeah. Quit beating his freaking face like that. But my brother, man, that kid could fight. I mean, I just remember just that noise and just being like, ugh. So I think I was probably a disappointment to my dad that I, <laughs> I wasn't able uh. to tag this kid in the face. But Come on, get in a shot. I'm good, Dad. Oh, yeah, okay. it, seems like, right. it seems like every podcast, like uh, a fight, that I got into comes up or something, um, yeah. But I'm not. Well, that's a, you know, that's what's great about you know going to the, to the youth. Yeah. Stories, road stories. And I'm not a shit talker. You know, I'm not a I'm not a you know a fighter. I have thought of some good lines um, if I ever got into a fight. But <laughs> well, we covered Columbia. You got tackled over the, the barrier, and then you wrestled the guy on concrete. I, I almost got into a fight at at God. Dang it, now that I, every time I, I'm like, oh, I'm not a fighter. And then I'm always like, oh, and I almost got in a fight here. But I almost did get into a fight at the club I'm working this week in Kansas City. Um, yeah, April right. April 20th through the 22nd. So this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, five shows, 745 and 945, Friday, Saturday, 8 o'clock on Thursday. Um, I'd love to see you guys. It's going to be at the Legends in Kansas City. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I, I almost got in a fight there. I won't get into the details of that one. Um, I, I'll explain to you off air why I can't get into the details of that one, but um, trust me, I can't. <laughs> and 
you can ask me about it. Come up to me after the show if you come to a show and ask me what the hell I was talking about, why I almost got in a fight, and I'll tell you. And that's this week, this week, Kansas City, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's Thursday the 20th, the 21st, two shows that Friday, two shows Saturday the 22nd. It's Stanford's, like Tim said, out the legends by the I-70 Kansas Speedway. Uh, continue. Um, how long have we been rambling here, buddy? Not long enough. Okay. I mean, see how the, the big number down here is where we're at. Okay, cool. And so, which it seems like a lot less than that. You know, with, with podcasting, I always come in here with like a list of shit to talk about, you know, potentially. And uh, before you know it, you've just rambled for 50 minutes and you're like, well, shit. Well, I-, I sprung the calls on you. That wasn't on the, on, the, on the overview list. See, listeners, we actually try to prepare is what Tim's saying. Yeah, we, we do. We come in and we talk about Let's do this, and this will be good. Um, you know what? I'm just going to lob this into your corner, and I'm okay. going to go to the bathroom. United flight. I don't know what the number. United Airlines, go. <laughs> um, I just watched that video, and uh, I don't I don't really know what to say about it. I mean, the guy, you know, he clearly, um, I don't know. My thing, if, if someone would have been asking me that much to get up, I would have gone straight to the uh, counter and just bitched a lot until I got um, until I got my money back. Until I got like a voucher worth a lot of money. But now he's going to own freaking American or United Airlines. Which the thing to take about, away from this more than anything, let me tell you something. United Airlines has always sucked. United Airlines is a shitty airline. They're not nice to you. The people have no customer service. Um, they charge you for everything. Like, oh, your flight's 300 and if you want to bring a bag, that'll be an extra 50 Well, that's horse shit. Um, it's just never been a good airline for me. So when I heard this, I was like, well, if anyone's going to... I just can't believe that they're so that they were so stupid as to drag him off the way they did, knowing that people are going to record that shit. There, there, there's absolutely no way that 10 cell phones aren't going to pop out when you're dragging some poor bastard down the... And, and I guess some other stuff has come out, like his, he's, he wasn't... He's a suspended doctor, and he's kind of yeah. shady, and, and this and that. checkered past, which everyone's done dumb stuff. And all sure, stuff. but there may have been an element of... If, if, if he's a shyster, and, and it sounds like he kind of is, he may have been thinking, I'm just going to sit here, what are they going to do? They're going to physically pull me off, and when they do, I'm going to sue the shit out of them. I mean, anyone with a brain, and a lot of people people pull scams, and I'm not saying that these United thing was a scam and that he planned this from the start, but if you're smart and you're sitting there and you don't have a, I don't know, I'm, I'm speaking out of turn because I don't know shit about this guy, but I did hear something about him like doing something illegal with prescriptions. or Yeah, he was, he was trading sexual favors for Oxycontin or something. So that's not a person... I'm not trying to judge as somebody I don't know, but that's not a person who is above sitting there until they physically drag you out, knowing that you're probably going to get a shitload of money out of it. You know what I mean? That's not a person who's above that. No, I, I agree. <laughs> so that is probably... Uh, sorry, that's probably what the hell he was thinking. And they shouldn't have been so stupid as to drag him out. That but. Was, they got the police involved, which was probably a mistake. So now... They, you know, that they that was the problem. Had they just given him more money, three people keep mind you had already gotten off the plane when their number got called. So he was the really, fourth. yeah. So there were three people that said, "Okay, that's my, not my day. 
I was, so did they know? Was it like a standby situation? What I understand, they had booked a certain plane that wasn't available, so they lost like a certain amount of seats. Okay. And then they at the so they boarded the plane. Everyone's ready to go, and then at the last minute, they they needed four seats for their employees to get to Louisville or wherever they were flying to Kentucky, okay. so that they could be on flights to work on later. So, so so if it was legitimate what he was saying about I'd have to get home because I have patients, it sounds like that was bullshit because he's a suspended physician, right? So he wasn't getting home to see patients. Uh, I think I think he'd served his probation. I think he actually is a practicing. Okay. All right. But he might, I don't know if he's, he might be, for all I know, he's a proctologist. Because you know I mean? if like, he was making up that excuse, then that's also pointing at... Uh, you know, a guy who clearly just is making up a reason to not get off the plane. Because I've, I've I've had to miss planes or, you know, I'm not going to get in all my airport stories. But airline travel sometimes sucks. Shit happens. And it's very inconvenient. And sometimes you get delayed for longer than the damn flight's going to take. And all kinds of frustrating shit happens. Um, so I don't know exactly what happened that day or if he was... But my point is, if, if he was making that up, if that was bullshit reason that he had to get home, then get off the damn plane and get a voucher and, you know, bitch about it And if, you don't, if they don't give you enough money. But, you know, as soon as they put your ha- their hands on you, don't make them drag you. They're clearly in it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, once they touch you, okay, I'm going to get up, if, if, if that's your concern. I want to play. This is the video. This is the video I made for the... Let me get this queued up here. You made this video? Yeah. I don't want to You can put your clothes on or I can take you up there in your city. I'm not going to school. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. We shall see. I am not, Dad. I'm not. Nobody's. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Yeah, you know, I mean, once they start to drag you, I'm not defending what they did, but once they start physically moving you like that, well, you're a grown up. Get up and walk out of your own See, that, of your own accord, or or you know what I mean. I, mean, well, I think he, there's a, he might have actually been knocked out at that point because oh. he got some teeth, <laughs> so he actually might have been unconscious, which is not funny. You of know course, what? But, if uh, you get knocked out and get your teeth knocked out, it did look, I mean, that's walk why, that shit off, man. That's why that, in that video, because it looked like he was just a pouting kid, like. I'm not going. Just the limp, dead body, like dragging him down. Well, the how, what'd they knock him out with? I think uh, when they pulled him out, pulled him out of like his own face, knocked like the, the maybe a chair, the back of a chair or something. Okay, I don't know, he was missing teeth. I get He he apparently doesn't remember coming back on the plane and standing. There's some footage of him. Well, of course he doesn't remember now out. because he's got to pay. He's got to he's got to start building his lawsuit. He doesn't remember I, shit because he was so traumatized. What I loved is that uh, how concerned everyone is about airplane travel now, and it gets to the point where. Look, uh, I don't really give a shit about your policies or personal opinions on air travel if you haven't gotten in a plane in the last six months yourself. Yeah. You know, if you don't travel a lot in planes, then it doesn't, I, you don't, I don't care. You know, don't, if you've never flown United before, then don't, I don't care what your opinion is on that. Yeah. I, I feel like a snob now at the airport, but you do get, when you, when you travel a lot, you get kind of worn out with people who don't that like try to go through with all their shit on and like some chick who has like 30 fucking bangle 
bracelets or whatever, whatever you call those things. You just see like 30 bracelets on and, and her thigh-high boots and all this shit that she's got to take off. And I'm like, really? I mean, you had no idea that this was going to be a pain in the ass when you dressed like that, you jackass. To get, you took yeah. you 12 minutes to get them on, so you and, knew. And I even get annoyed with TSA when you go through the little air, the, the little, the, where they x-ray you, and they're like, raise your hands. I almost want to go, I know. <laughs> You know, and now I'm A-list on Southwest Airlines, which uh, Southwest is awesome. And when once you fly enough, you become A-list, and then you get to skip all the lines. Like, And you talk about feeling like a freaking diva when you go to an airport that doesn't have it all of a sudden. You're just like, what do you mean you don't have A-list? <laughs> you know, and you feel like such a pretentious jackass saying, I'm A-list. Is there an A-list line? You know, because people are looking at you like, fuck you. Yeah, my wife throws that in my face all the time when we're at the airport. I wish you had... Your or the pre-check thing. She was, she was always on me to get the the pre-check thing. Is she like, a list? It's like 150 bucks, and then you get to skip lines because you're oh, okay. TSA pre-checked already online or something. Yeah, you can is, you can do that now, which is just another freaking. The, don't get me started on September 11th and all that <laughs> other shit. But um, there's just another way they make money now. I mean, you can't bring your bottled water through at the airport. So now, I mean, I wonder how much bottled water sales have gone up since September 11th, since they made it where you couldn't bring your water through anymore, because now you have to buy it on the other side, you know, and it's four or five bucks if you want a freaking bottle of water. So, I don't know. It's all bullshit. Every time I go through TSA, I just roll my eyes, and it's it's, it's all I can do to not say anything about how freaking dumb half the shit they make us do is. It's just... I've gone through I've gone through airports and gotten to where I was going and found out that I had and like didn't even realize I had like a pocket knife in my in my bag and I'm like well <laughs> good to know that you can just sneak the this shit down. through yeah the uh, that they caught me in San Diego one time with a a money clip that was my grandfather's and it had you could open up it had like a little nail filer and he yeah was like that's a knife I'm like first of all it's a, it's an inch. Like, it folded back into a money clip to give you an idea how big it was. Mm-hmm. So, not big or sharp. I'm like, I will cut something with this and prove to me that that's a knife. Because right. to be a knife, like, I'll look up the definition. It has to be able to, like, penetrate, puncture, cut. Yeah. Which none of this can do. Well, I'm sorry, sir, but we just can't have you bring it on. I'm like, I've been I've been flying with this money clip for yeah. two and a half years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's an issue. So, that... Look, we I, we've all got we've all got our TSA yeah. moment. And yeah, that was definitely because I, I I actually was at Sophia. I I think I even threw out the I will go to jail before you guys are taking <laughs> this money clip from me kind of a thing. Yeah, some things are sentimental. Like I, I like I think I told you um, maybe I already told you on a podcast, but I had my state bracket from high school, and it was in my mom's basement for twenty years, and we brought it home on the airplane, and I was trying to explain to late's old and kind of you know fragile and it's just a big piece of cardboard. And uh, the lady, like, took it from me. She was like, you can't have that. And I was trying to explain to her it's got a lot of sentimental value. It's not, it's way, it, it probably weighs four ounces, this thing, you know. It's not going to fly through the fucking cockpit and cut off people's heads, you know. And I'm trying to explain to her. And uh, she just rips it out of my hand and crams it up into the overhead. And I thought I was going to lose my shit. Thank God my girl's with me because she, like, grabbed my arm. And she's like, you know, it'll be okay kind of a thing. <laughs> You know, but I was just like, I couldn't believe. <laughs> I mean, think, look, <laughs> but it's an airline, so you're like, well, you can't say anything. You can't even get pissed off because they'll throw your ass off since September 11. You can't, you know, you can't say certain shit. Yeah, you no. can't have a fit, which is another thing jackass should have known. Just, I don't know. 
It would be great. I think if you could him, really. take, uh, if you worked, let's say, at a grocery store, but you could treat the customers at a grocery store like you could as if you worked at an airline. Yeah. Could you imagine just walking through and be like, excuse me, move, like ramming people's carts? <laughs> um, your- eggs do go on top of, canned goods do go on top of eggs, and just, this is our policy. Okay. Uh. So anyway, um, I've had fun, man. You want to close this out with? Yeah, uh, with you want to do the last call? Yeah, let me let me let me find. Uh, do the yeah, yeah, break it down. Well, I forget which. Oh, well, gosh. And guys, also go to M A C A N. It happened. That's uh, Tim. What you want to go over that real quick? Oh yeah, real quick. Um, there's a uh, real slow. Actually, it's a good cause. There's a little boy, uh, I went to school with his mother. Her name is Carolyn Ramsauer Macon. And I went to school with, uh, with her in middle school. So we're Facebook friends. And her little boy, Bo, has a disease that is so rare, they named it after him. It's called Bo's Syndrome. And you can go to makinithappen.com, M-A-C-A-N, ithappen.com, and donate and read about his story. And some people have tried to scam him in the last year. I mean, some people will just, some people are just worthless, man. And they've tried to scam them. And uh, this little boy spent like sometimes 300 days a year in the hospital. He can't play for more than an hour or two before he's just exhausted. And if you read about his story, uh, you will never feel sorry for yourself about pretty much anything. So at my shows, I'm going to try to get a little fun going for him. They're, oh, trying to get him they're trying to get him a pool. That's like basically the only physical activity he can do for, you know, and this guy came along and said they were going to give him a pool. You can read all about it on their blog, but uh, scammed him out of, I think, some money. And it's just. Can we go? Can we prank? Let's find out who that guy is, and we're going to prank that well, fucker I, next I, week. I think he's in prison. Uh, I think he's in well, prison. Looks like, but, looks like he already got pranked pretty good. Yeah, Man. but uh, but that's the, that's his, his his website. You can donate there. You can learn about him. Um, so and, I'm just going to. And gonna, again, that's M A C A N I T. H a p p e n dot com, making it happen dot com. I mean, we it might we we're pretty sure it's dot com. If it's one of the other dot orgs or whatever, our apologies. You can always just Google it. Yeah, um, pretty positive it's making it happen dot com. I usually have this bracelet that uh, they sent me with this book that I, I hit, they wrote a book about him called uh, um, Super Bo, and uh, they it's, he was named after Bo Jackson. His dad was a big Bo Jackson fan, and he was named after him. And they wrote a little book about him and. Uh, once I read it, I was like, you know, I think I was having one of those days, and I immediately was like, you're all right, pussy, suck it up, <laughs> kind of a thing when I read about this little boy. And usually I keep his, keep his little bracelet on my, on my arm because it reminds me, eh, you're all right, you know, things could be worse. And it's good, too, because you know, as, as a comedian, you travel around, you know, you can educate people on, in this case, Bo's disease, you know, with charity work, uh, you know, it's nice... To, to, other than just providing laughter for you guys at home to actually be able to provide, you know, in this case, some some financial support, hopefully. And so, again, yeah. just making it happen, M-A-C-A-N-I-T, happen.com. Yeah, and we'll try to um, remember to uh, plug his link on every podcast. Yeah, no, I'll definitely we'll do that. And then, or, guys, if you're in Kansas City, Midwest, Topeka, Warrensburg, within driving distance of Kansas City this weekend, like tonight, or tomorrow, if you're listening to it this week, this week's show this week, uh, Stanford's in Kansas City. That's the 20th, 21st, and 22nd of uh, of April this week. Yeah, um, I just got a text from. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was 
Diaz getting back to me. I'm going to try to have him on the podcast if he'll do it. Uh, that'd be cool have Nick Diaz on here because um, I know that guy's got some stories and I would like to hear him. Uh, so I'm going to try to get him on here and uh, yeah, let's play this prank call. And uh, sorry if we were all over the place today, but that's what a podcast is all about. So <laughs> and and this music that kicks in afterwards, this is on my iTunes on my computer. And I, I don't know what the hell. Sometimes music will just come on, so you're gonna have to deal with that too. All right, you want to do Mex? You want to do Lonnie Waffles? Do call on the sperm bank. Uh, let's do it, Lonnie this Waffles. Is, this is the one we recorded. All right. And this is vintage. This is from what a year or two ago. Uh, this was probably last year that we did this. Gosh dang it, Gaither. Now is this Waffle Lonnie- House inspired? Possibly. You know, I don't know how I came up with the name Lonnie Waffles, to be it's honest with you. great name. <laughs> I mean, he sounds like a barbecue pit master somewhere in Louisiana. Lonnie calls sperm bank. Here we go. Jeez, Gaither. Well, thank you for calling California Cryobank. This is Sheena speaking. I'm going to help you. What up, girl? It's your lucky day. I need to donate some sperm, and uh, I need top quality, uh, I need top dollar for my quality sperm. So how much How much I can get for, uh, uh, I'm, I'm about 6'2". I played ball in college. I would have played pro, but I blew my knee out. Um, I dress nice. Uh, every girl want to get with me. I mean, I look good. Uh, I'm a good speller. Uh, I, I read a lot. I'm smart. Uh, how much I can get? Well, you have to. You have to fill out an application online. I done told you what all I can do. Yeah, but you have to fill out an application in order to start the process. Okay, okay, I, I'll get to that. But uh, just so I have like a ballpark figure, of how much I'm gonna get for this? Uh, it's a hundred dollars for each donation. Ooh, I get a hundred bucks a pop. So yes. let's so let's say let's say I do the deed four times a day. I can make uh, two thousand dollars in one week. No, you can't do it four times a day. Oh, there, I can, you, girl. You don't know me. No, I can. no, 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 no. You can't. Not in order to be a donor, you can't. That's going to deplete your sperm, and you won't have much to work with. So, if you want to fill out an application, you can go ahead and do that on spermbank.com. So I can make like I can make in a cup like one time a day. Is my sperm going to be strong you enough for you? The, you have to come into the bank in order to start the process when, you, when you're approved of the application online. So, so I can... You donate here. You don't donate at home. Okay. Uh, is there like a pretty girl there that helps me with that? Or how does that work? No, no, no. You're in a room by yourself. Oh, by myself? What, girl? Yeah. I, I ain't you, 13 You won't have old. any assistance. I need yeah, a woman. I need this some. is not a. We don't. This isn't a porn site. So you, we, we there's no, no, no one. No, 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 I ain't that. trying to cheapen nothing. I want to give somebody a healthy, healthy athlete baby. Well, then if that, if you want to do that, you can fill out the application online. Okay. Could you help me when I come in there? I mean, you know, you ain't got. No, I, I know this ain't like a porn no site. One. I know, I know that. I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to be like crass or nothing. I'm just saying, uh, if I come no in there, one, could you no sound? No one's going to go into the room with you, sir. You sound good though. I mean, I, I know you hear that a lot because you got a sexy voice and perverts be calling up trying to trying to double load in a cup and give to you and all, but you sound good. Hello? Yes, you can go ahead and fill out an application online. So you are a porn star? You can go ahead and fill out an application online. So you are interested in my sperm? I don't work in that department. You can fill out an application online. Well, maybe we can arrange something. What your name is? 
I don't have a computer, so how am I going to fill out an application? Well, you have to get to a computer in order to fill out an application. I can't come in there and maybe rap with you a little bit, see if we vibe, and then I'll fill it out, and, you know, maybe you would want some of this. No, you would have to fill out an application online. Okay, well, maybe I could come down there and we could just talk anyway. No, sir, I won't be able to do that. You, ain't got, you got a boyfriend or something? I don't know if you've heard me before, but I'm an athlete. I'm about 6'2", uh, playing football okay. and basketball. Okay, hold on one moment. Okay. Other clients who have used the same donor. Click the she sibling not, registry button on our website at www.cryobank.com. Hi, this is Dan. How may I help you? What up, Dan? Uh, I need to donate my sperm. Okay. How much I can you get for fill it? Out an she was... Sir, yes. as she was telling you, you need to fill out an application online. If you don't have a computer, like library go to, go has like, them for go free. To like, go to like YouPorn or something. Go now, where? Go to like YouPorn or something, one of them sites. And then, and no. then, and then do it in a cup and mail it to y'all. No. Is where are right? you physically located? Uh, I am physically located up in Hollywood. Hollywood. I'm trying to be a movie star. I probably will be. <laughs> Because I got a lot of I got a lot of skills. Okay. I'm about six um, two. I was telling your girl I'm about six two. Uh, I look good. Are you good. currently? Are you, sir? Right now, no. I'm not currently. <laughs> now, while I talk to you, no, I would not be doing that. Uh, your girl that if, I was talking you, to, she was sir. doing some little something down there, but uh, this this ain't working for me. Can I mail that sperm okay. into you with my application? Uh, no, um, but uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't be eligible for our program. But thank what? you for calling. Hey, how you know? What? Is that a racial thing? No. Are you currently enrolled in a four year degree or, uh, college or have oh, a four year degree? Oh, I got a degree. degree. I played it. I played football in college, and I do not appreciate you acting like I ain't got a degree because uh, what you call that don't sound right to you. No, I don't do the qualification. Go well, to. Well, you just asked um, me, do I have a, a degree? And yes, I do. So now what? Yeah, there are. There are other criteria. Like and what? If you go online to fill out an application. Me and white. No, sir. Thank you for calling. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, hey, hang on. Oh, that was. Oh, that was good, man. That was. Fu- that was. I like that. It was a little. It was a little long. I forgot how long that freaking one was. But yeah, we've got like thirty of them here, dude. So keep listening. If you don't like that, we've got more that you probably will like. And. uh if you didn't like it, you're probably not listening right now anyway. So I'm excited, fine. too, because we're now in. This is the first time we've eclipsed the one-hour mark on the show. And so, and look, do you feel comfortable right now? Do you feel like it's going long? No, you I feel, feel good, like man. It's a good show, right? Yeah, it was good. It's I all think. About, I don't know. I don't have to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about flow. I usually try to go back and just touch. my. What I'll, what I'll do is I'll skip ahead like 10 times in the episode. My mm-hmm. thing is I'm not, I don't want to be on the show too much as yeah. the as the be Mike assistant. So I'll go through and just randomly pick spots. And if I uh, just randomly pick a spot and I'm talking, mm-hmm. then that happens, you know, let's say three out of the 10 times, I then like, that's good. But if it happens half the time, I'm like, I have to scale back a little bit, but let Tim go in with, you know, more talking. You're my co-host, you're my producer and all that. Yeah, so. so, you know, just trying to find the right um, balance. And uh, yeah, I guess... You want to just wrap it up this week? Yeah, we can wrap it up and uh, keep listening. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, give us positive reviews on there. We'd appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Subscribe. And iTunes, subscribe. Uh, you go to uh, 
TimGaitherComedy.com for shows coming up in New York. Obviously, we talked about Kansas City. Um, the Syracuse Funny Bone. I've got a bunch of shows coming up in and around L.A. So, uh, yeah, I'm not very good about promoting those. That's what, I'll do all that stuff, too. Okay. And so, yeah, and uh, for myself, I'm actually going to be following up Tim at Stanford's the following week. Uh, That's at right. The very next weekend. So c- come to both of our shows and laugh. And then for you listeners, this week, I'm going to be at the Angel of the Winds Casino up north of Seattle on Thursday night, the 20th. So if you're listening in Seattle, come out to the Angel of the Winds. That's a fun gig, man. You're gonna have fun. I did. Yeah, that. it's a pretty sweet. I've been to the casino before, but just as a to another person. Yeah, know. but I bet ninety percent of the people in here together, he's a good dude, would party with, or so at the very fun, least. Oh yeah, follow us on, on Twitter. Take a Gaither selfie Tim. with Mike Tyson. Uh, you can find me with just hashtag <laughs> J. You know, including me. You know, and people are like, well, I don't even know if he did that. Yeah, maybe he didn't, but he was convicted of it. The Robin Gibbons stuff, yeah. But people are like, "Oh, it's Mike Tyson." No, of raping that girl. The uh, well, yeah, the Robin is the Robin. Or oh, the the Indiana high school thing. Yeah, right, the eighteen-year-old right, 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 right. girl that he that he raped. And my a friend of mine the other day was like, "Well, you know, a lot of things people don't point out too is that he uh, he didn't rape her. He he uh, he forced him. He forced himself. He went down on her, you know, forcibly." And I'm like, "Well." Do you think that's much better? Like, can you imagine being like a senior in high school? Mike Tyson comes to your school for a talk, and gives a speech, and you're walking back to class by yourself, and you hear, uh, "Hey, kid, get over here," you know. And five minutes later, Mike Tyson is forcing your cock into his mouth and doing whatever he wants to with it until he's done. He's like, "All right, now go back to class, you little faggot." Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that would traumatize you. Yeah, yeah, especially Mike Tyson. The and, and, and if you had a, a neighbor, Larry, down the street, who you'd known your whole life, and he got convicted of, of doing that and went to prison for three years, when he came back, you wouldn't be, like, trying to defend him to your wife. The only time you would talk to Larry is when he came over to remind you that he was a sex offender and he lived in your neighborhood. That's the only time you would talk to Larry anymore. Here comes Larry. Oh, is it September? It's already September? Oh, <laughs> it's already okay. September, Larry. We know what you did. Just keep moving, buddy. Um, no, I, look, I got... You I, wouldn't defend that to your wife. You wouldn't be like, look, first of all, I don't even think he did it. And second of all, even if he did, he didn't really rape her. He just... Forced his tongue into her vagina. Oh, oh, that's all he did. Honey, look, he's, <laughs> he's faster than marvelous Marvin Hagler. I yeah, mean, he's, got the fastest he, he's the knockout the king, sweetheart. I mean, and and I wasn't in the courtroom. I wasn't there that night. I don't know, but they made her into this, in into the asshole in the situation. Like ah, that eighteen-year-old child should have known when she went to a. Uh, Mike Tyson, the guy's a savage. You know, I, I, she should have known he was going to want some sex. Well, there was the documentary, or there was some footage of him interacting with the contestants in one yeah, of his yeah. movies, and it's he's definitely got the the I'm a creep vibe look in his eyes. Yeah, he's walking like around, grabbing all of them and touching yeah. them, and and you know what are they going to do? It's Mike Tyson. I mean, it's kind of flattering. He's flirting with you and all that, and he whatever. Um, and and they're children. I mean, you're 18. <laughs> well, and the other thing is like not not to say this is Indiana, but word on the street is Indiana might as well. If you were going to redraw the boundaries to the south, would probably extend all the way up to Indiana. Indiana is where the clans started. 
Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't know that. that yes, but yeah. yes, and so people think the ra- the South is so freaking racist. Shit, some of the places in the North are way more freaking racist. That's what we were talking about a second ago. Is that a comic told me one time? He goes, "You can't talk about race because you have a, a Southern accent, so people will think you're racist." And I go, well, if you think being having an accent is what makes someone a racist, you are just as ignorant as a damn racist. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's no so doubt. stupid. People are so full of shit. You know, like, like, yeah, I'm not a Trump fan, and he definitely is misogynistic and said some shit and did some shit that he shouldn't have done. And it was, uh, you know, shitty on all levels. But then people completely forget they seem to anyway that like john f kennedy used to screw women in the pool while his wife was in the next room but he's looked at as a hero because he was good looking uh he was good at politics and he got killed frankly <laughs> so never hurts i mean and for you mus- musicians out there if you really want to cement that that legacy you know a premature death goes a long way as far as uh you know, implanting your memory yeah. in, into people's minds. Yeah, uh, if you want to get famous, you should probably offer yourself somehow, and uh, that'll help your ticket sales. Well, the one thing, I don't know, with the election for me, it was uh, just the, the way that they ran with the, the misogyny. Thing. Like, I remember seeing this ad, and I think it was a California ad for Hillary, which I was I, like, why are you throwing your money away by running ads in California, Hillary? Like, everyone's got you, you got everyone's vote out. Yeah, here. you won. Yeah. With the, it's that, just, that was my get out of jail free card. I didn't have to vote for either one of those dickheads because I live in California where she was going to win anyway, and I wasn't comfortable voting for her, and I definitely wasn't comfortable voting for him. So I voted for somebody else that I knew wasn't going to win, but it didn't matter, and I wasn't throwing my vote away because uh, he wasn't going to, you know, she wasn't going to. She was going to win here no matter what, is what I'm trying to say. The uh, and see, I didn't, I did, I didn't vote for anybody, so I absolutely did throw my vote away. But the ad was this guy, and he's sitting there with playing with his three daughters, looking into the camera and just pleading to to Californians, like, do you want someone like Donald Trump leading, being around your daughters? Cut to like, just grab them in the pussy. Yeah, beep, you know. Cut back to the guy playing with his kids on the floor. I mean, I've got three daughters myself, and I don't want someone like that, you know, leading this country. Cut to another clip of you know, just, just, just do whatever you want, you know, ha ha ha. You know, cut back to him, like you know, yeah. just Think about who. And you're- and 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 Hillary Clinton. I mean, if we're you know, she defended Bill back in the day. And called all the women who came out about against him, young women, uh, like in their early 20s, that came out and said, yeah, he did the same shit to me. She called them all whores. So she's not like a champion for women's rights, if that's what you think. But my thing with the guy is I'm like <laughs> look, watching this commercial. I'm like, crack open your cell phone browsing history right now, motherfucker. Let me just see what you got in there before you start telling everybody else how what, what you don't want you around your Dude, body. I'm convinced that that's part of the reason good people don't want to be the president anymore. I mean, because you just, we've all got skeletons and you can't have one anymore because they will find it. And nobody doesn't have freaking skeletons. You know, that's what I'm worried because I grew up with Jason Kander, who's quickly climbing the political ranks in this country. He was like the youngest secretary of state at one point in Missouri. All right. And um, now I think he's a senator and like, I'm, I'm, 
predicting he'll run for president. I'm get, I'm I'm going to say 2024. He'll run for president and maybe win because he's the Democrat that was in the army. He had this great political ad where he takes apart an entire gun blindfolded and puts it back together again mm-hmm. in like 45 in 45 seconds or something like that. Wow. Like Fox News was airing this ad. They're like, check out the Democrat Jason Cantor from Missouri just killing it. But he's a, went to Bishop Miege, right into the army, law school, I'm assuming all that stuff. I'm assuming he's got a pre- pretty squeaky clean uh, resume, but... Way back when we were in fifth grade, we would pretend we'd throw a wall in the street with some fishing line on it and reel it in. People would be like, you greedy bastards, you were going to steal that. Dude, my friend Dan Barb, that that reminds me, we worked at this place called uh, Jungle Gems Playland. You worked at Jungle Gems? Yeah, I worked at Jungle Gems Playland. We probably interacted because I visited Jungle Gems. Man, people had no idea how stoned I was in there helping people, (laughs) helping their kids on the rides. I was like a senior in high school during the summertime. We'd get baked and go in there. I made four... 75 an hour um almost hurt a little kid in the ball in the ball thing because you get in there with the kids and you could throw them around <laughs> and i remember and and you know and i threw this kid and i remember he hit he landed on his back and he, he did that 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 jaw you know the thing where you can hear it go clack and i was like oh christ and he like started crying and i had to do that jedi mind trick the whole you're okay buddy you know like look over here you know <laughs> Yeah, but shit, you can't let let teenagers in there with these little kids throwing them around and shit. Me and my friend Pinnock used to get in there, and almost every time we'd damn near hurt some rambunctious kid because they, uh, it was fun though, man. Is that the one Um, on 87th, or did you work on, wasn't there one on Shy Mission Parkway? I worked on the one, I think it was 87th Street. But yeah, um, my friend Dan Barr would, in the kitchen, he worked in the kitchen, he would take tokens and heat them up in the oven. Like get them super hot and then throw them out on the floor and watch people watch kids come and pick them up. Evil shit, you know. Like, what are you doing? I had some great jobs, man. I worked at a dry cleaners, uh, like by myself. And I remember a friend of mine worked with me, and he tried to mess up the time. He tried to rig the time clock so he could like leave or something, and he totally that thing was in a million pieces. Um, <laughs> He got fired for that. So then I was by myself, and the first day I was by myself, it just got I just got slammed in there, and uh, it's not much of a story. But that was my first job working at a freaking dry cleaner. You would just receive it and ship it and send it off to where they actually cleaned yeah. It, I just or you I, actually have to no. Work? I didn't clean shit. I just bagged it and tag, tagged it and bagged it and, and worked the register. And I was by myself. It was pretty cool and. Uh, yeah, that was my first job, and I, I remember my grandpa was like, I don't think that boy is ever going to work, and then when I started, I've I've always had a job now since I was like 16. It just took me a while, you know? I never wanted to be that kid working. My sister started working at fucking Burger King when she was like 13 years old. I was 15 when I started working at Emo's Pizza. Minimum Pizza. wage back then was 335. What was your minimum wage? I think I think that 475 or 515. Mine was 425 and now next year it's going to be $12 an hour. Jesus. Yeah, well, you know, different times. And getting old, I was man. a big kid. You had to be 16 to work at Emo's and all my friends that went to Olathe East were all a year older than me, so they all were all working there, but I was bigger than most of them. So, I came in as a 15-slash-16-year-old. Yeah. And got to tell kids that were older than me when they came in that, oh, sorry, they weren't old enough to work there, even right. though I was a year younger than them. Uh, did you uh, Did you have a good Easter? I did. I did. Went out to Phoenix uh, 
not Easter Sunday. And said, we went out at the end of the week, Thursday, Friday, to visit the wife's parents and had a great time out there. Went to stand up Scottsdale. Well, yeah, I just worked there. I'm working there again in August. The uh, fun visit, club visit Francisco Ramos. He was headlining and didn't had a guest spot. Couldn't get there in time, but it was just fun to. Hang out. Anytime you can just hang out with friends in a different city. Now, in Scottsdale, that's where spring training was. And uh, John looks a lot like Wade Davis from the from the Kansas City Royals. And that's where you got that shirt made? Yeah. That says, well, I'm not Wade Davis because so many little kids were coming up to you? That happened the year before during the postseason. I, out in the parking lot pre-gaming. Oh, anybody that was under 12? <laughs> Are you Wade Davis? No, I'm not. Are you sure? I... I'm sure Wade Davis isn't drinking a Coors Light 45 minutes before the first Yeah, pitch. no shit. It's hilarious, dude. People will argue with you sometimes about something personal about yourself. Like, people have argued with me after shows about something they saw me on on TV. And I'm like, I wasn't on that. And they're like, yeah, you were. You played that character. And I'm like, I would remember if I played a black guy on Comedy Central. (laughs) I like that's not. wouldn't be here right now doing this show. Yeah, that's not some shit that just slips your mind. Oh, that was, I was a series regular on that. Or they'll argue with me about, like, I I had a buddy come to a, a show one time that recently that, knew my dad but didn't really know him and uh he was like he was like yeah your dad's a good guy and i'm like yeah there's a lot of things you don't know about my dad <laughs> and he's like yeah but he's a good guy and i'm like well <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just you know it's just funny that like oh yeah because you've met him those seven or eight times you know exactly how yeah. our childhood yeah, was you, how yeah, it went exactly. down and, you know, uh yeah. this guy the the stand-up Scottsdale was was sweet because randomly the uh, the one of the bookers, uh, not like the main guy, but uh, from stand-up New York was randomly in Phoenix with his family. Oh yeah, on vacation, and so he was just had gone out to hang out at a comedy club, and so. Francis- God, do you think that'd be the last place he'd want to go? Well, I, I don't. I think he knew Francisco and knew he was going to be there. Okay. Sa- the same reason that I was going out All there. Right. And uh, but we we had a great time, and I was the designated driver that night, and so which actually ended up being great because I didn't have to have a weird hangover earlier in the morning. Plus, it's Arizona; it's already ninety degrees at right. night, so it's like it's the- yeah. It's not really good hangover weather. Hotter than Satan's ass. That place, Arizona, especially in the summertime, Arizona's awesome. But during the summer, holy shit. I mean, you can't eat. Like, it's not humid, but it is so effing hot. I mean, you can't even describe it until you experience it. I, I would but it's like melting you kind of shit. It, um, Same I, way in Vegas, 120 I was, degrees. I was just going to say, one time I was I was like a mile away and it was like four. I'm like, ah, I'm talking to the guy. I'm like, when's the bus come? And he's like, not for another 30 minutes. I'm like, ah, I think I can walk. And he just goes, no, dude, don't walk. You'll die. He's like, do not walk. I was like, yeah, you're, you're right. I'll huddle in the bus stop and wait for the, for the bus to come. But Phoenix, treat Phoenix in... I would say late July, all of August, early September. Treat that 60-day window as you would Nome, Alaska in January and February. You just don't need to be there at all because you're going to be equally as uncomfortable. You have to open up your car doors and wait a few 
they say 20 seconds for all the hot air that's now 250 degrees to escape. Because it'll send your freaking lungs? Yeah, you'll yeah you'll pass out. Apparently, you just pass out with because the, the air is so hot when you jump into your car. Yeah, like um, that shit you can't even breathe. But you go there in January, February, it's incredible. 75 degrees in January, is that is perfection. In a great comedy state, Arizona, oh, yeah, yeah. there's something about the people in Arizona. They just don't get hung up on any bullshit... I mean, I, I can't say they never do, but, like, they just know things are a joke, you know? And these days, man, I don't know if it's because of Trump getting elected and people being so sensitive and on edge and shit, but I, I feel it in crowds and how tight they get about certain things, you know? Especially if you're white. And and I'm like, you know, when you when a white guy brings up anything... That people are like, oh, we're not sure. Justin, uh, who we talked about in previous podcasts, I've done podcasts and with. earlier on, we mentioned him at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, he's a black dude, and he was like, "Man, white guilt is a motherfucker." Like, <laughs> you know, like you see people looking around at each other all the time, or like, you know, if you bring up any kind of race or any race joke, I mean, you literally see people. You know, it's an old joke because it's it's true. White people look around and they're like. You know, they almost, and then they give you a look like there's black people in here. And you just want to go, I know that, you dipshit. I'm not, I didn't write this because, you know, I'm hoping I can do it, you know, sneak my racism in there. This isn't. And furthermore, uh, like that, to me, almost seems that, but that's what, as a comic, you look out. So clearly, you've walked in there, you've already taken account of how many black people are in this show with you, which sounds pretty racist to me just to start off with. Like, you're sitting there, like, can I laugh at this? Because I saw eight black guys here. Yeah. I know that there's 12 black people in this audience. What, because you counted them already when they when they walked <laughs> in? Like, that's how racist is that? Really? Yeah, man, we're, uh, we're, we're full of shit. Just don't worry about who's a fan. Like, I'm working on a bit right now where... I, I went to the doctor recently and I got I got diagnosed with racism, <laughs> and uh, apparently it's a lot of people in America have have it. it it's undetected. It's kind of like a social version of herpes, you know. And I asked the doctor, I didn't even realize I had it, and he was like, "Yeah, a lot of white people don't. Uh, it's usually caused by a lot of uh, overindulgence in hip hop and black gangster movies." And I'm like, "Yeah, Boys <laughs> in the Hood was definitely one of my favorites as a kid growing up." Uh, and he said. As far as a cure goes for most white people, it's, again, it's not an intentional racism. It's a lot, a lot of people, white people don't even know they have it. But the, the only cure is really to over-like anything Black Lives Matter on Facebook, uh, share anything that's going to be pro-African-American and anti-Flint water. Um, and then that's the first, <laughs> those are the first steps to, to over-curing, to curing the uh, white guilt racism. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, it, it's funny, like, you can see people are just so full of shit. And we focus... We focus. This is kind of why I even asked about your Easter is because uh, it seems like around like holidays that are that are uh, based on anything to do with with Jesus. That that's when like atheists come out and they'll they will start. There was this one guy who just had this angry post about fuck your God and all this other stuff and all the people who and and. Uh, I got kind of like, not offended by it, but I was just like, wow, this guy is so angry in it. I've seen a lot of atheists who act like anyone who believes in anything greater than themselves is just a fucking idiot and all this other stuff. And then I started thinking, 
Well, you know what, Tim? Most people, most atheists probably don't think that way. It's just unfortunate that the squeaky wheel gets the grease in this country, or the idiots get the attention. There can be there can be some dumb bitch in in Kentucky at a KFC with four teeth being racist, and people and it gets shared nine million times, and twenty eight million people see it, and they're like, I just can't believe that there's this still goes on in our country. Well, first of all, why do you give a shit about what she? You wouldn't care about what she thinks about any other situation. You're just or respect her opinion about about anything. anything. But since she's bringing up race, this is how a lot of people feel, or that she's somehow you know going to start a race war. She's not going to start a race war. She can't keep custody of her children. <laughs> you know, she's just just let's just not pay attention to people like that. Well, you're right. And at, at some point, and not to just pick on Murfreesboro, Tennessee, but you're like, okay, maybe there's a reason she's in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It's to stay out of the limelight so that she's not bothering everybody else. Yeah, but racism or people that are racist or ignorant on any level or people who are over-the-top religious... I, I find it very unfortunate that, and, it, and kind of a shame, that religion is so often what keeps people from ever knowing God. Or like trying to get to... Or like tap into what I think God is, which is something that is inside of all of us and like... To me, like, that feeling you get, like, when you watch Rocky or something and it makes you tingle a little bit, you know? Like, when, he, when she goes, wind. You, if you watch that and it doesn't make you tingle, I probably don't want to know you. You're not, you know. Um, but to me, that's what God is. The human spirit and, like, the shit we're capable of. And we can all tap into it without being, like, pounding on the Bible and being like, it says right here. You also have to be able to decipher what man wrote for his own benefit and what Jesus probably said, or whatever, and I'm not trying to... And how that was interpreted, yeah. versus scare tactics that some... Yes, and I have a pastor who's a friend who pointed out to me uh, that a lot of people don't like to hear, but I was like, he, he pointed out to me that there's not one mention of hell in the Old Testament of the Bible at all. Not one mention of it. It's in the New Testament, which is when they figured out uh, we got to start scaring the shit out of people so they do what we tell them to do. Well, how are we going to do that? We'll tell them God said it. And then, so if you read the Bible, you just have to decipher, well, this is probably what Jesus said, and this is clearly some man-made shit right here when they're talking about X, Y, Z. And I'm not telling anybody how to believe or what to believe or that you're going to burn in hell if you don't. <laughs> I just, I think we make it way too, you know, it's like... Religion and God don't have to necessarily be one and the same. And religion can be a good thing. Basically, the gist of any Bible or religion is treat people how you want to be treated. Don't be an asshole. Try not to lie, steal, and steal or cheat or any of that shit. And if you do, try to make up for it the best you can. That's the gist of it. Love everyone. Try not to worry because it's all going to be fine. But we make it so fucking, you know, and then you got people arguing. Well, no, it means this. And if you don't believe this, then you're this. And you're that's, you know... It's like, fuck. But again, that's one post that made me, you know, just some angry person. And I'm like, God, it annoys me when atheists do that. Well, in reality, how many have you seen? It's like those surveys where they're like, 80% of Americans feel like, and I'm like, really? Because I've never filled out one of those damn surveys in my entire life. And I don't know anyone who has. Yet 80% of Americans feel XYZ. I kind of feel that way against like when they have a game games at mcdonald's and all that kind of stuff and i'm like i've never met anyone that's ever won more than like a free hamburger at any of this stuff like who's winning this stuff like i've never yeah. ever ever never no one's ever won the jackpot no exactly yeah well 
at some point that becomes the atheist religion if you're that angry and you're preaching you're preaching at that point you're grandstanding on social media which you're doing the same shit yes so at that point that you're railing against sorry to interrupt yeah yeah, yeah. No, no 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 but that's so the atheists that are quiet they don't believe then they don't then it's not a concern either way they don't right. feel an obligation to bring someone over to their side because then what is that? That's your religion at that point. If that's what you believe so strongly enough about that you're willing to go online and be a dick and ruin everyone's Easter. What an asshole that guy was. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, you know, just saying all these really angry, anti, and, and a lot of people who just flat out mock or or treat treat people who believe that they're you know that they're stupid and it's like well that's just you know that's just what gets them through the day that's why religion can be a good thing you know if it gives somebody a foundation for their life to live their life of a guide for it or whatever whatever works for you and if you know we all worship something you know that gets us through the day and i just don't understand shitting on people who are like you know like who do happen to believe in 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 something that that helps them if it helps you to pray well then who are you who is anyone to say you're an idiot for that who are you talking to well maybe i'm just talking to the best part of myself you know maybe that's what god is to me it's none of your fucking business <laughs> well it's just to go back to what you know it's just if you're tr- just trying to not be a dick that goes a long way in life and with this guy that's there are times that I want to, if I see a post, you know, yeah, okay, maybe I disagree with it, but I'm not going to sit there and spend five minutes to make fun of this guy or, con, con, you know, just argue with whatever his stance yeah. is. You know, like, that's, like that particular dude is just a big fan of, and I have friends like that that I had to cut off because any, no matter what, anything you put up is going to suck. Or no, that's not the real, this is a better version of it. Or it's almost like... Like, like they're trying to start shit, you it's mean? Like, it's like a, they've kind of got an element of the one-upper in them where everything's got to be one better. Right. Like, which, that's the worst person ever. Like, you could have pull anything up. Like, oh, here's this pin. Oh, that's cool. Oh, you should, I've got this pin at home. Okay, we're talking, about, you're arguing about who's got the better pin. Yeah, that is the most annoying thing on the planet to me is someone, a one-upper, someone who always has an answer for everything. Have you ever met someone who you just want to go, you know what? It's okay to not know. You don't have to make up a fucking answer. You can just say, I don't know. What? There's this, there's this, there's this, so there was this comic I was working with recently. Well, it's been a few years actually, not that recent, but I, I, and he was pretty young and, and I, I finally towards the end of the weekend, I just looked at him and I go, what's it like to know everything? Like, like, is that a burden ever? Is it like cloud up your, you know, is it just hard sometimes to just have all that knowledge in your head? You know, I was like, just, just admit you don't know it. It's like people who go, who go, I just say whatever. I have no filter. Well, maybe you should look into getting one, you annoying motherfucker. Yeah, they're not. (laughs) No one wants to hear all your shit all the time. They just don't. Just give us three seconds. Just pause. Just. I, I have no filter. Well, shit. Yeah, the uh, the one upper is always. I, I always feel anytime someone's telling me a story and it's getting kind of like, wow, that's a crazy story. The more numbers that pop up, rant like there were third. Okay, so there was twelve of us, right? So we so there was four cars and like these very exact specific numbers. If, if those start popping up in a story, the story is bullshit. Yeah, it's it. No, there weren't thirteen people there. There was maybe seven. Four cars, really two. Wrestler, re- wrestlers can tell immediately if someone didn't really wrestle, if they're just bullshitting or if they're lying about it. 
I was wearing a wrestling. I always wear wrestling t-shirts, like all I wear besides. Uh, and and I went to uh, get my eyes done, my eye doctor, and the guy doing the thing, which I don't care if he was gay, but he happened to be. And he was like, so you're a wrestler? He was like, I wrestled too. And he was like, I had four fights. <laughs> I'm like, four fights? You didn't wrestle if you had four fights. <laughs> Because that's not what we do, and that's not what anyone calls it. Um, And and just everything he said was wrong, and I I was just like wanting to correct him. And people can tell, wrestlers can tell when someone's lying. Like everyone was always like, I got third in state, or I got fourth in state, or whatever. I just want to go, it's pretty disrespectful to people who actually did. You know, it's just like... It's hard work. It's just like nowadays with, with being a comic. Anyone can be like, I'm a comedian. It's like, well, are you really... Some of these stories are probably going to overlap. Did we talk about this already? No. About about people do that? Mm-mm. About, you know, you wouldn't... There should be more of an admissions to become a comedian. There should be like a panel you have to pass. You should be able to have to do like 200 gigs in different locations. There should be like a checklist. Just like becoming a fucking doctor or anything comedy else. comedy union to yes. just like Yes, because you can't just go around being like, I'm a doctor. I, I'm a doctor. I, I work be, in the field. It would of, be nice because then there would be that... That card, that, like if yeah. you're a SAG actor, like I'm, I'm an actor, here's yeah. my SAG card. But now anyone with a camera and, and getting on stage for three minutes at some open mic can be like, yeah, I'm a comedian. I know so many guys who have... And a- that, look, that can be a funny clip and it can go viral and get millions of hits. But when you go see that guy live, guess what? The show's going to start sucking after 11 minutes. Yeah, if you're lucky. He has 11 minutes. Right, right. And that's becoming a thing, YouTube and, and this and that, like drawing comedy clubs and... And, you know, washed up actors and shit like that doing... Basketball uh, players. Yeah, I mean, anyone now. And and my thing is, I'm like, do you know how hard it is to get good at stand-up comedy? Why, you know, if if you're going to have somebody in here who's not a comedian just because they sell tickets, have a fucking meet and greet somewhere. You know, rent out your local VFW hall and have people come and meet this fucking butthole and, and, you know, give them money for that. But leave the comedy club open to us instead of invite instead of having a YouTube star and people pay thirty bucks and they walk out pissed off because you know that guy was freaking terrible and they're never coming back. It's like, well, we made ten grand. Yeah, you also just made sure twelve hundred people are never going to come here again and they're going to talk shit on this club to everyone they know. So in the long run, they're they're killing comedy Bad for business. They're killing comedy just like eliminating the middle spot is bad for comedy, the feature spot. And uh, that's what I worry about on this podcast is me repeating myself because I feel like I rail about the same shit all the time. But but a successful podcast like this one is becoming, uh, you know, the new listeners from week to week, you know, continues to grow. So chances are a lot of these people listening right now, uh, this is the first episode they've listened to. Yeah, the the middle spot or the feature spot is the the comedian that goes up in the uh like there's an MC who does 10 or 15 minutes and there's a, a feature act or middle act who does 20 to 30 minutes. Which is that's me. Like if I go into a new club, I have I'm doing the feature spot in the hopes that I do well that weekend to come back and headline eventually. Hopefully headline or co-headline or you know, you just work your way up the ladder like that, but They've kind of eliminated that because a lot of clubs have figured out, oh, we don't have to put up a middle. We can just hire two guest spots and an MC and all that. And I'm like, I get it that you're saving some money in the long run, but in the in the short run, but in the long run, you're you're hurting comedy because when you take out that middle spot, that's the best spot in the show to be on. Like, 
it, the MC, you're following the MC, and he either sucks, and you're gonna look like uh, you're gonna look like a diamond next to a turd, or he's gonna be good, and you're just gonna ride his wave. And you don't have to deal with the checks coming out, and you're doing 20 to 30 minutes, so all you're doing is playing the hits. You're just doing your favorite jokes and the jokes that get the best laughs, and then you get to get off stage and look like a rock star, and then the headliner has to come up, and that's why the headliner gets more money is because it's a harder position. You do 45 to 50, you have to deal with the checks coming out and people being drunk, and maybe that middle act was really fucking hot, he was really funny, so now you got to follow that. And that's why you get paid more to do that spot. But the middle position is where people start to get really good. When you can do 20 to 30 minutes six times in a week, and you're used to, especially if you're used to being in L.A. and getting maybe seven minutes, that's when you start to get good. So please, for the love of God, any club owners listening, stop doing that shit. <laughs> you're, you're killing it in the, you know... I don't even, that's another reason I don't always bring a, a feature act with me is because I know what it's like to be a feature and then find out 10 days before the gig that you're not going to do that anymore because the headliner decided to bring his own guy and bump you out of that spot. Oh, right, right, yeah. That, that's bullshit, you know? I mean, that guy was probably looking forward to this date at the Funny Bone for four months and he's never been there before and a week beforehand, oh, the headliner's bringing his own so you can't come. Fuck. You know, it's just, oh, it's a horrible feeling. And I, so I try not to do it. If I, if I can bring somebody with me, I, I try to uh, do it when I book it. But anybody Let listening. Let know immediately. Yeah, anybody who's listening who's like an opener or starting out in comedy, uh, it's not as easy to get you on the show as you think. I have people emailing me all the time uh, wanting to open for me. And, and I would love to accommodate all of them, you know. But it's just it's harder than they think it is. It's not always my choice. Um, that's usually the case. It's not my choice. And I'm just, you know, it's not what you think. And if we and could help some, everyone, and, we would. And then sometimes it's, uh, you might not be ready to feature or... You know, and, and whatever the reason, if you email me and I take the time to email you back, even if it's to say I can't, well, say thank you. Or I appreciate you getting back or something. Don't just, I don't know if it's a generational thing or what. I know we've talked about this, but um, it, say thank you that I even took the time to explain to you why I can't. Because not anybody does that anymore. You know what I mean? People don't do the little things like, like say thank you. <laughs> you know? Even some of my nieces and nephews, I've sent them shit and they don't say thank you back. And I'm like... Is that like a generational thing? Like it's expected. Someone sends you something, and and, and, and I've been like, "Hey, did you get that?" And they're like, "Yeah, I got it." And I'm like, "Okay." (laughs) You know, I don't want a fucking parade, but say thank you. You gonna send another one? No. You know, thank you. Say thank you. You know, sorry I couldn't get you a middle spot at, at whatever funny bone or whatever, but I did take the time to say, "Hey, man, I'm sorry I can't, and here's why." So, you know. Don't just act like ah, oh, well, you fucked me. And <laughs> you can't, guy, you can't help me out, so you guts. screwed me. And for you comics that are listening, hey, you know, God forbid you hit up the club yourself and send them your own tape, and you know, I think a lot of comics get rejected on your own by God. Yeah, exactly. Like, like we all did at one. <laughs> the rest point. of us. Well, comics forget, and I felt I've fallen this victim to this, where you just kind of send, you're like, oh, I'm funny, and you send them stuff, but you forget, like, you're, you you got to sell yourself at some degree to the clubs. Yeah, too. like it's... make sure it's a good video, make sure you start it, and all that 
as cliched as this sounds, it, that stuff is important. Get right into the good stuff on the videos and make sure you just look professional. I've, I remember a booker emailing me back years ago, and, and he did, I was wearing like a khaki pants, dark... It's like, it looks like you're wearing sweatpants. Do you, do you have something where you look more professional on stage? And I'm, I'm just like, what does that have anything to do with what's coming out of my mouth right now? Yeah. Just listen, and and those laughing. are khakis, you dumb blind bastard. Yeah, so anyway. That, and it's yeah. hard for all of us. Like, like, in a perfect world, I could call up comedy club bookers and say, hey, I headlined Funny Bones, Improvs, and Laugh Factories. What dates you got open? And they'll be like, oh, okay, crack open their book and give you a freaking date. Or go to a link and be like, okay, he's legit, he's not bullshitting, and give you a date. But it's just not like that anymore. Not with YouTube and social media and all that shit and, and there being so much free crap and everyone undercutting everyone. It's, uh, it's a Very dirt, competitive. It's a dirty freaking business. Well, and, and yeah. the, since comedy's kind of back now, which is nice, there's more, there's more venue opportunities, there's more audiences that are open to... Um, enjoying comedy live in person. So many people. I've never seen comedy live before. You're 43, really? Like you never just actually Yeah, I hear stumbled. that a lot too. You never just stumbled into a show somewhere? But so all for all you guys that are new to comedy, first of all, thank you because we need as many of you as possible. But um, a lot of times, you know, people forget. Oh, God. I had one very specific point I wanted to make with this and I just lost it on the, on the, on the rambling there. I'll come um, back. What was it? Da, 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 da. It was something about the the gigs. They're hard to get, and it doesn't matter. You said that you know you got all the credits. Yeah. That they're still gonna. Man. That you think you'd be able to just call them up and be like, "Hey, I do this. Can I work there?" You know. Damn it! All right, I I blew that one. It's gonna if it pops back into my mind, I'll I'll throw it out there. But. But the gist of it is, it's a shitty business, and if you're gonna get into it. Uh, do us all a favor. Get a joke before you get a website and a card and a headshot and all that shit. Yes, you know what yes. I mean? Learn how to write a joke. Like I've told people that. I'm like, well, you've got a headshot. You've got a website, which I don't know why you need. Um, you've got a website, a headshot, a business card, but you don't have a joke yet. You know? Yep. Well, get some, worry about that part. People go backwards these days. They want to know how to do it for a living before they know how to do the hardest fucking part of it, which is the actual stand-up. The actual stand And I struggle with that, too, where I, I say, you know what? I spent four, you know, four hours this week actually driving and doing stand-up, and I spent eight hours you know, editing a, a video or posting something, you know, on Instagram and all that other stuff. Yeah. Like maybe it should, you know, be eight hours of actual stage time this week and four hours of all the other stuff. And I remembered what I was going to say when I sounded like a moron there about a minute and a half ago. Um, with comedy becoming bigger, more popular, a lot of the agencies are more willing, you know, there's more opportunity to get representation. But a lot of these clubs, it's, it's a, you want this guy, well, then you've got to take these two other people that essentially aren't even good comics, don't even have a headlining material. And I've heard horror stories, and I know people personally that have gone out, like, oh, I'm repped by somebody, so now I'm headlining here. And then they show up there and bomb so badly. Like, they might have 20 or 30 minutes, but when you stretch, when you got to do 50, that's a whole different thing. And yeah. crowd work's not hitting because you've never been to Raleigh, North Carolina before or wherever the And when you is. count on that, you know, like, oh, I've got 20, but I'm good with the crowd. Well, you better hope the crowd's always with you, dickhead. And so that's, <laughs> so, so guys that aren't, guys and girl comics that aren't represented by some of these bigger, um, 
agencies, those weekends now are getting filled up by uh, Ron Artest, who are these random new to comedy people that are bigger names, and these people that get signed with the agencies that are relatively new to comedy. And some a lot of times they are good comics. They just might not be ready yeah. to headline. They're definitely ready to feature. But they've just got good representation that you know it's kind of yeah. Skips he- to the headlining front of the line. is a marathon, and it's different in 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 all. You know, like I started headlining one nighters six months into comedy. But do you think I was ready to headline a Funny Bone or one of those places? No, I would have shit my pants, and it wouldn't have been the same. Like it's different to go up at a bar and and drink and talk to the people in the bar and make fun of the Chiefs game or whatever. You know, this bar situation. And it's a completely different thing to to be able to do it on a real professional stage and really be able to do it. You know, like I, I uh, when I was in Kansas City, I would need people to uh, open for me occasionally, like at these one-nighters and stuff. And I'd, I remember calling up this one kid who I knew had just started, but he was pretty funny. And I was like, so how much, how much time do you got? And he was like, oh, I don't know, about 50. And I'm like, dude, you've been killing comedy for like three months. You don't have 50 minutes. I didn't ask how long you could stand on stage and ramble with a drink in your hand. Anybody can do that. Uh, how much time do you have? I just need you to do 10 minutes. Do you have 10 minutes clean? He's like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, so like, and that's the same guy that like a year later I ran into. And I'm like, how's comedy going? And he's like, oh, I had to get out of the game, man. It was eating me alive. And I'm like, you did it for a year. Like, what are you even talking about? The game ate you alive. The you Kansas jackass. City comedy game's fierce. It's Ugh. very fierce. Always has been. It, it's uh, it's a frustrating thing sometimes. But when it, Richard Pryor said it best, he said in one of his books, he said, "When you're up there and you're killing, nothing beats it. Not drugs. Not even pussy." And for Richard Pryor to say that, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Justin sent me a clip the other night about Richard Pryor. And he was talking to uh, Steve Martin on a on a talk show, and and uh, it was cool to know what they were talking about, like really know what they were talking about, like as far as like doing a third show and wondering if you if couldn't and you couldn't remember if you'd done that joke, That's and and feeling. and when you had done that joke, someone would almost always point it out. You did that, <laughs> you know, and then you talk about feeling like a jackass. You're just like, oh, it's like the. Uh, it's like the Wizard of Oz has been exposed, you know, like, oh, this is, he does have planned jokes. Because if you're good at it, you make it look like, you know, it, you've done, that's, that's that happened to you that day. And that's part of the art form that a lot of people don't realize, like, like, well, you did that joke already. Yeah, that joke's gotten a lot better. We talked about that, I think, about how, it's hard for me to remember what I talked about on a podcast and what I talked about just with my buddies about comedy. Look, because, and if it overlaps... That inevitably is going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to have to keep apologizing for it. Yeah, you'll 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 be all right. I, I make that mistake too of thinking like, oh, I've done this. They remember all this, man. They don't remember that shit. Well, <laughs> look, because first of all, listeners, thank you. Because right now, this is we're in minute. Um, I'm trying to think. We're right at about two hours now, which is phenomenal. I love that because I'm a long pod. Like I, I, I thought listen. we were going to bust it into two. No, I I, we I'm just going to tag this on to the end of. Uh, uh, Are you the, sure? Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to listen to two hours on my ass, do you? Dude, trust me. It, it's not uncommon at all. Because here's what happens. You get 30 minutes, and, and listeners, we tweet at, at Tim, or at Gaither, G-A-I-T-H-E-R, Tim, T-I-M, and just tell them, yeah, we list long podcasts are fine, because you get 30 minutes here, 
Come back into another story. Thirty minutes there. Come back into another story. Thirty minutes there. If 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 I don't know, man. Maybe we'll talk about it. But I, I if if you're fine with it, I thought I thought I really thought. Well, shit, we got another one. We got one in the can. Or we can we can do that. <laughs> or, or or my lazy ass is like, eh, we got two hours. One of them's going on the shelf for when I'm out of town. Um, that's what I was. Which thinking. we can we or or guys, thank you for listening to episode nine. Fill in the blank. Uh, <laughs> episode thirty-one. Uh, but are we coming up on two hours? As far as uh, well, yeah, because we're this we're at about forty minutes here. And, I, uh, I actually have to get the hell out of here and get my uh, my dog has been sitting in the house by herself for uh, hours now. Um, happily, because it's air conditioned, full of food and water, and. Uh, you know, she just misses you. You go back and play with your dog. <laughs> it right? is. I love that freaking dog, man. It, she makes me scared to have a child. I love that dog that much that I'm like, if I love this stupid dog this much, what is it going to be like if I have a kid? It'll be the freaking death of me. Mm. I, I said this to my girl the other day. I said, uh, uh, if I have a girl, it'll be the death of me. And if I have a boy, I'll probably be the death of them. You know, like if I had like a thirteen-year-old son and he popped off to me, I'm afraid I might kill him. Like, like that's a very real fear for me. Like I would just, <laughs> just, <laughs> oh shit, I killed him. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Sorry, just... <laughs> honey, I broke his neck. He did that thing with his head, and he, you know, mouthed off to me when he did it, and he gave me that look, and I just broke his fucking neck. I apologize. See, I, I'm gonna rely on my <laughs> on our quick comedic wit to just check. The kids, but you know, like any kid of yours is gonna have a fast mouth too. Yeah, they'll be little assholes, dude. Oh. <laughs> Just little running around <laughs> talking shit. Like, hey, <laughs> god damn it, man! I knew I should only had one of you guys. Yeah, no shit. It's funny, man. Well, look, I'm I'm just going to say we throw it on, and maybe it's just a bonus long episode. and Maybe, or we'll break it into. Either way, thank you for listening, and, and Re- check us out on all yeah. those. And real quick, guys, go to uh, makingithappen.com, M-A-C-A-N-I-T-H-A-P-P-E-N.com. Make a little bow. He's trying to get a pool, so donate some money. Again, that's M-A-C-A-N-ithappen.com. Uh, try to get uh, some help. He's a little boy with a disease so rare it's called Bose syndrome, and uh, that, that's what they named it because they couldn't. And basically, he spends like 300, year, 300 days a year in the hospital, and he's a tough little cute freaking adorable kid, and he just has a, a tough road, and uh, you can help him out a lot by going to that website and reading about his story and donating whatever you can or, or just read about it and for your own selfish reasons because after you've after you learn about what this kid deals with, it's really hard to feel sorry for yourself about almost anything. And uh, we're gonna on every podcast, I'm gonna try to uh, give out that that website. And, Making uh, it happen. M a c a n, it Also, listeners, Tim will be headlining at the Laugh Factory in Las Vegas. That is gonna be June 12th through the 18th. Uh, also, if you're gonna be in Syracuse, New York, then you're gonna want to be at the Funny Bone. That's going to be May 25th through the 28th, um, April 20th through the 22nd at Stanford's in Kansas City. And again, more dates at TimGaitherComedy.com. And again, also just reminding you, subscribe on iTunes. Thank you, guys, new listeners. Thanks for sharing. Spread the word. Listenership is going up. And that's because you guys are awesome and you're telling people about the show. Yeah, we appreciate it. And Tim's promoting it live after 
his shows. That's one way we're going to promote the show is yeah. Tim's going to actually let you guys know about it. Um, and so that's probably why you're listening now. You're like, oh, yeah, Tim was talking about the show after his show on stage. And so he made us all subscribe to the show on our phones. And now we're listening to it now two weeks later, which is. Yeah, I'm going to cool. try to remember to do that. Yeah, I see. I just put it right in your mind, right there. I just planted that seed. But um, well, God bless all of you. I don't know if, you, if this will come out after I come to Kansas City or not. But uh, if it didn't, either way, either yeah. way, you're entertained. We'll see you next week. Appreciate it. Bye bye. <laughs>